Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper, with us tonight for Game Night. It's Clay Williams. What's our favorite game? I, we were never really a board game family growing up. Really? But I, I would say, like, something boring. I don't know. Sorry. But <laughs> I, there, there was never, like, a staple in the in the house through the operation. I, I don't know. I think mine... Most boring answers. Candy yeah, no, those are boring as fuck. Those suck. <laughs> I know. Um, bad answers. Um, <laughs> Redo. I, sorry was good. Uh, always loved me a Connect Four. Well, uh, Connect Four. I think also like. So I I grew up as a single kid or a single kid. Jesus Christ, uh, an only child. I've never heard mm-hmm. that way to describe a single kid. Only child. <laughs> no siblings. And, right, and when my mom would work during the summers. Uh, there would be times when it was just me and my nanny. Oh, shut up. Sorry, my dog might be whining for a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it would just be me and my nanny, and like we would just play all the board games we could if we were bored. And there was this one, I think, Guess Who or something, where you have like this huge flipboard. Okay, Bailey knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this huge flipboard where you have all these different characters. There's a Marvel one too. And you would just like mm. find ways to describe them or anything, and you slam all of them down as you got closer and closer to figuring out who who was the person that was always fun uh nowadays i mean cards against humanity i mean it's a, it's very edgelord and i know it can't it's not always like great but it's one of those things where usually everyone can get behind it and it just it's a lot it cuts out all of the no one like everyone can just be their unfiltered selves when they're yeah. playing cards against humanity. It's like different kinds, different kinds of humor can be accepted. I feel uh, like I, I guess now that you bring that one up, I guess apples to apples was like fun. Yeah, with that was for like one. PG yeah, version. Like, yeah, I think once yeah. you get older, cards against humanity is fun for like twenty minutes, and it's just like I don't know if we can keep going with this. That's my only issue. The last that's, time. That's the last time I played Cards Against Humanity, it was um, at like a bachelorette party, and it was really weird because, like, I was really the only one who had like really strong like pop culture references. So I was doing like these kind of like niche jokes, and like everybody else was like, "I don't get that one. Like, why is that funny?" And I'm like, "If you like, if I was just like posting these sentences on Twitter, like." Everybody would love it. Like, yeah, you exactly. You guys are not giving me what I need right now. <laughs> <laughs> that you were not with the wrong group at all. Exactly. Like, this is not the bachelor party I signed up for. <laughs> exactly. I think I don't remember really having like a favorite game. I definitely have like traumatic game experiences. Right. Like, like yeah, the, yeah, the Monopoly like, that tore apart the family. Yeah, we've yeah, all been exactly. there. Yeah. There was I I distinctly remember like one time I like flipped the board in in Monopoly because <laughs> my mom my mom is a sore loser and a sore winner. So like if she's losing, like she's gonna be mean to you. But like if she's winning, she's also gonna be mean to you and like rub it in your face that you're losing. Jesus. So she's 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 a lovely woman, but like she did she play you know, sports as a kid? No, I think she just like I think like you know she like didn't get along with her siblings or whatever. So like whenever she has a win, like she needs everybody to know it, you know. <laughs> so there was like I think I was probably like nine or ten or something, and I was losing, and she's like, "See, like I think I had been winning before," and she's like, "Now I'm winning, like suck it, blah blah blah," and I flipped the board because I was so oh my mad. gosh, oh yeah, yeah, and now it's like. Shit. Now that you're an adult, you're like, is this the way that I'm supposed to act for people that are 
so much younger than I am, where it's like, am I supposed to rub in their face, even though they have no control over their, <laughs> the like strategy? Like, I, of course, I'm going to like play better. And it's, it's like, exactly. what are you, like, how is the kid supposed to react? You know, <laughs> like, I'm not going to like reduce my talents for you. Exactly. You feel better. <laughs> I'm not going to swindle you. Yeah. <laughs> And I also, there was this other game called, I think it was called Perfection, where it was like you had to fit these pieces um, in like a board before the timer went out. And if you didn't, like it would all pop out um, and like scare you or whatever. Like, I think it was like an, an undetermined amount of time. And I was playing that once with my brother and like it popped out and it scared me and we were on a bunk bed and I like jumped up and hit my head on the top of the bunk bed. <laughs> it's like, we can't play this game again. <laughs> We've crossed the line here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Battleship is What's, also a big one. I Battleship, love Battleship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Pete Berg movie too. It, oh, all right. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Podcast over. Okay, we were, we're having a nice no, no, time no. and then you brought up Peter Berg. <laughs> Fuck. I know you're Taylor Kitsch head. I know. So I had to. <laughs> Is he in that movie? I've never seen it. They, that was yeah, that was like a time when they were like, "We can put you in anything, and you'll and you'll be the hit." I was like, "No, I know Rihanna's in that not, movie." Yeah, that's yeah, all I right, got. <laughs> it was that in Valerian, and she, and she was like, mm, "Maybe not anymore. Maybe no." Yeah, <laughs> and there were like yeah. side supporting roles too, where it's like she never led something, but I Oh, she wasn't that um that Donald Glover movie. I never watched that either, but uh, I don't know if she yeah. was like That was a weird project. Yeah, that was like yeah. a forty minute music video or something. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the vibes it gave. He just kinda <laughs> does whatever. It's interesting. Anyway, uh maybe we get into what we've been watching recently. Uh this is a segment where we talk about what we've been watching recently. Very complicated. It's very complicated. I know. <laughs> Would anyone like to begin? Uh Bailey, you're the you're the guest, please. Let's see. Yeah. Um Haley Hurdy is here. I didn't introduce you. Uh, Hello. Happy to have you. We always introduce (laughs) people later on, like right before we forget. (laughs) I try not to like do it at a certain point uh, where it's like, oh, like here's where I do it. I just like try to mix it in whenever (laughs) just to. I get it. You know, know, just feel out where it goes. I respect it. (laughs) Um, I, I have been watching TV extremely erratically lately i've been like (laughs) skipping between shows i'm like okay i'll watch two episodes of this done with that watch two episodes so the clay williams method exactly exactly (laughs) we're very used to this yeah yeah. (laughs) um i think what i've been doing most recently i've been in the middle of like a kind of like manic true blood rewatch um i saw the northman a while ago and i was like you know what I haven't watched in a while? Uh, this ridiculous show. <laughs> um, so this ridiculous think, show that everyone tuned into, like, weekly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The funny thing is when I watched it the first time, I was kind of, like, catching up. And I remember my grandma came to visit uh, when I was graduating high school. And she, like, got sucked into it with me. But it was, like, really awkward because I'm watching, like, these, like, extremely, you know, like very sexual content with my grandma sitting next to me and she's like why do the the vampires explode (laughs) i don't know (laughs) she was lured in by anna paquin's uh you know sexual energy yeah Yeah. and uh joe meganello's right that was a big draw for her formative formative yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly um yeah i've been doing that and then 
I don't know, honestly. So I work at a movie theater um, and, wow. uh, you know, so I'm like, I'm in and out of the theaters watching whatever's on. So I think I've just been watching like the same, like six scenes in Top Gun, like over and over That's and so over funny. and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, like you're, if, if you're going to do anything there or it's just like you have to pop in and out of a theater, uh, make it Top Gun, you know, make it a good movie where it's just like, ah, oh, okay, finally, I have to like, you know, see this again, but it's like, it doesn't wear on you. At least I had to see him. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I have, we've had some, some stinkers where I have to keep walking in on the same scene and it's like this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, like, you know, for another example, like I'd imagine with Elvis where it's like so much like loud, like maximalism with Baz Luhrmann where it's like, I don't know how much I can take, take of this, like, if I need to go clean this, you know, it's just like, that's gotta be the exact opposite. Yeah. I don't know. We have, that's starting tomorrow. So that'll definitely be a interesting experience. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> are, are any of us uh, going to see yeah. Elvis? Let's just, let's be honest here. Let's put uh, our cards on the table. I'm interested. I don't know if I will. I'll that's definitely not an see answer, it eventually. Jack. Just I'm interested. Is not an answer. In theaters. <laughs> I, I personally, uh, I would like to see it because I think it's going to be funny, not on mm -hmm. purpose, but I would like to see this weird Jamaican accent that uh, Tom Hanks is doing. <laughs> right. It looks That's like a not... Baz Luhrmann movie and yes, I expect nothing less. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I think... know what I'm getting into. I think, like, for, at least, like, for me, like, I know that there's going to be, like, a lot of, like, old people who, like, love, like, Elvis going to see it. And I feel like they're really in for a shock. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I was thinking about that, too. It's, like, what crowd is going to draw in? Um, no, except for Austin Butler. Like, you know, at least, even if this does seem like it's going to be, like, walk hard <laughs> structurally, he'll at least be good to not make this like so anonymous uh but and know. we're sure about this why because of What's you the... know the carry diaries come on um, <laughs> he's yeah. shown on the carry diary all right, as we all know <laughs> yeah, yeah we've all known this <laughs> um i i think my cousin's gonna drag the whole family to go see it and i see the thing is even though like you know as we recorded the great gats our great gatsby episode uh yesterday i you know i i go on there to say like i'm interested and i like i like the movie for what it is but that doesn't mean i'm necessarily dying to go see the next baz experience you know what i mean it's like eh, i mean he's fine i don't know if he's necessarily like my bag no me neither but i'm i'm He's at least watchable. Yeah. Yeah. I think like how, isn't Elvis like two and a half hours? It's three hours. No, yeah, no, it's hours. not. You're lying, right? You're no, like... I, I, we, I, they show how long the movies are um, at work yeah. and we were looking at it and it's, it's three hours long. I think that's like the total runtime is 180 minutes, which is yeah. ridiculous. Gatsby, Anna, Anna, I know you're not listening. My lovely cousin, I know you're not listening to this, but please don't make us go to that movie. Please. <laughs> she could be. <laughs> no, she's not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think one of my, yeah, one of my favorite theater experiences, I think maybe this year, was seeing Jupiter Ascending uh, recently. Because it was like, you know, Planet I saw together many moons ago. And it was like, okay, I get it, but it, maybe this isn't like, 
like I'm not getting something because at, at this point when we saw it, it was like there were defenders, but also it's it, it wasn't there. There was something that it felt like it was missing, but I think when I saw it again recently, it all came together and it was just like I recognized again like there was so much heart here and it was just like such a thrilling adventure. Um, I don't know. I I, I suddenly am like I, I don't get why people don't like it now and it feels like it just has everything and like such humor that's like very specific sense of humor that the Wachowskis can only achieve. And that was great to see so big because the film that I saw, it kind of like, it was like a little dirty and it did, and it was like only a movie from 2015 where it's like, it's not that old, but like the print was like in, in a 35 millimeter. And it was like, it just makes it look older than it actually is. And it's like pretty interesting too. Cannot wait to cover that one someday. That's one um, I haven't it, seen. Mm. I I, it, I have I'm familiar with the the kind of cult following that it's established, and I am a Channing Tatum fan, so I feel like you know I should get. Yeah, Channing's good in it. It was, <laughs> it was the same year as Magic Mike XXL, where it's like super interesting just to see those two sides. Uh, he has a lot of range, and he does. Yeah, um, I would uh, yeah I'd recommend it even with the Wachowskis not having that many movies to go through. Is it my turn? <laughs> usually that's the way this goes we yeah um i started watching evil uh the former cbs now paramount premium or whatever um or is it what is it paramount net what's their streaming service it's paramount plus isn't it oh, i also started watching that but it's on amazon prime right now that's, that's what right. i'm doing yeah i'm watching yeah. i'm watching mm-hmm. i think the first season is prime and then i think the next two seasons are like you can buy or do the Paramount Plus. Uh, And I'm probably going to do, I've only seen like three episodes so far. Um, I'm already, I'm probably going to, once I finish season one, I'm probably going to do like a free trial and like then watch like the next two seasons in like a week or something because Hmm. I'm hooked. It's interesting. Uh, I'm a Mike Coulter head. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anyone who actually watched Luke Cage, uh, which is like five people. We love Mike. We love Diesel. We, we all love Mike. You're in a group Coulter. chat with the other Mike Colton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't a great show, but he was amazing in it. Um, uh-huh. And so I'm sold on anything he does. I love the premise of the show. It is legitimately fucking creepy. Um, have you, Bailey, have you watched like the first two episodes yet? Yes. I think I'm on the third one now. So you've met George, the like demon guy, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. That motherfucker. I yeah. I was so concerned going to bed that night because I'm like, please don't have a nightmare about George. Please don't have a nightmare about George. Because that's like one of my worst fears. So in the show, it's this demon who kind of like comes. He looks like a like a he looks like an orc from Lord of the Rings, but like scarier. He has he's like almost like covered in like black goo. He looks very slimy. He has a British accent. He's kind of charming in some respects. Uh, besides him trying to threaten to like slit your children's throats, those are maybe that's not a great thing, but you know, hmm. yeah, you, you know, he has redeemable job. qualities. Yeah, um, sounds but, sympathetic. Yeah, uh, and he just like crawls like, and the character's like having a night terror, and so is paralyzed, and he just crawls up and says all these fucking insane things to her, and like, it's horrifying. It's really well done. Uh, the effects look good, too. So it was just one of those things where I'm like, there's a great chance I have a nightmare about this tonight, and I really don't want to. because that <laughs> Is this is this the one that uh, M. Night Michael produced? Or is... Yeah, Michael Snydell's a huge fan of. 
Oh no, um, I was no, uh, M Night Shyamalan produced this, or is that no, Serpent? No, no, that's Servant or the oh, yeah, that's, Serp- yeah, that's, Serp- Isn't there okay. one with something with an eye too? Yeah, I'm thinking yeah, of something I mean, he's, else. He's maybe working. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm also weird with TV viewing because, like, I'll try to have one newer show and then an, an older show on concurrently. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, for my older show right now, it's Gilmore Girls, which I had never seen before. Uh, and, and it's delightful. It's so addictive. Yeah. Love it. I, yeah. I watched that for the first time, I think, maybe, like, two years ago now. And it was definitely, like, you just, like, plow through it. It's, like, it's very good. Yeah, it's so warm and inviting because, like, everyone every everyone is like so involved with every episode and almost feels like community theater is how i've heard it described mm-hmm. um <laughs> like I, i'm listening to this uh companion podcast along with it uh called gilmore guys uh yeah it's it's hosted by kevin porter and demi Ejiwebe, and they talk about like um all the other pop culture references which is very funny uh as well and they like put it together in this one super cut that will like bungle together all the reference it's very funny but um no everyone should go watch gilmore girls i don't know <laughs> all right i guess we have to play some games right we gotta <laughs> yeah. you know it's yeah it's right. not nighttime exactly or not for me at least sure uh, yeah well i guess it is for you guys you east coasters <laughs> um, yeah yeah it's, it's getting there that's <laughs> mm, true uh yeah game night though when was the first time that we remember seeing this we're down to two teams. So for double points, what is the name of the purple Teletubby? Tinky Winky. You're both correct. He always carried a red purse. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. Max is very competitive, as am I. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. Oh, it's easy. He was an incredible Hulk. Eric, Eric Bana. Other one. Mark Ruffalo. Other one. Lou Ferrigno. Primal Fear. Richard Gere never played the Incredible Hulk. Time. Jesus Christ. Ed Norton. Oh, oh shit. Primal Fear. Guys, what do you say we do this at my house next week? This will be a game night to remember. Oh, boy. Mm. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. We won't need any extra rudeness either. Someone in this room is going to be taken. Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun. Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. The keys to the stingray. Just the keys? No, Ryan, the whole car. Oh, yes! I just want to wish you the best of luck tonight. Bye. Baby, hand me those matches. I'm about to burn this door down. You're going to light a fire in a windowless room that we're trapped in. Why are you going to make my idea sound stupid? You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Andy. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, my God, I shot you. What the f- always enjoy the camaraderie of good friends. Often we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. Oh, because your wife left you. Ah, shit. Oh, shit. So we'll take a little bath. Oh, it's so much worse. Okay. I have one idea. It's so crazy. It just might work. You're going to crash the car into the plane like Liam Neeson in Taken 3? He did that in Taken 3, huh? 
interested. <laughs> Thanks, baby. This is instructions on how to remove a bullet. It didn't have rubbing alcohol, so I got you this lovely shard. Good idea. Way to pivot. What is helpful in country living? Oh, that's for later. There's a corn chowder recipe that looks really good. Oh, you love corn chowder, huh? Yeah. Let's check it out. Thank you. I saw it on a whim uh, at the theater at which I now work, uh, funny enough, but I think I, uh, when I was in college, I took a year off, um, so I was just kind of like hanging out at home, and one of my friends came back from school, and I was like, our our thing was like seeing movies together, so I was like, hey, like, I don't have anything to do, like, I don't really know what to see, do you want to just like randomly see this movie? Um, so we just like, I don't think either of us really knew anything about it other than like, you know, it was about a game night. Um, and we went in and I was like, so pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh my God, I actually like really love that movie. Like that was a great gamble to take. <laughs> Did you know anything going in to it? Uh, no, I don't think, I mean, I knew like Jason Bateman and uh, I always expect, you know, one performance from Jason Bateman. There's one note that he can play and he does it very right. well. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like Jason Bateman's gonna be grumpy about something involving a game night. Let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was pretty much it. And um yeah, I I I love it. I think it's like such it's one of those things where like if you don't really know anything about it, like it's such a like pleasant surprise and it's just like such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh which oh wait, hang on a minute. I completely forgot to ask you something. When was the first time you got into film? This is usually how we start the podcast, but I completely skipped my mind. Oh no, <laughs> no worries. No, no, oh, this is that's... no, this is totally like on me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, um, I'm all out of order now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first time I got into film, I think I probably got into film by way of like my mom um, is like she was always into like celebrity gossip. And when I was a kid, I would watch those like e-specials with her and I would like read her like people magazines or whatever. And I think that was kind of like my jumping off point to get into like actual film. I was like, oh, these these people have interesting personal lives. Like what movies are they in? Um, I think I can't really like I don't think there was like one movie where I was like, I love film. I think it just kind of like gradually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but then but then, yeah, like, all of a sudden, like, I was kind of like, this is, like, my one of, like, three topics of conversation that I love having. It's just movies and TV and stuff. And here we are. <laughs> were your parents into it? Were your parents big into film? Um, I think not, like, not in the, like, capital F film way, but, like, right. we always we always watch, like, a lot of movies um and especially when I was younger like my mom would be like oh like you should watch this movie like I think you'll like it or like it would be like you know she was like watch like 16 candles or like Ferris Bueller or like I remember she told me to watch um the whole nine yards with uh Bruce Willis and Amanda Peet and uh Matthew Perry Matthew Perry yeah yeah and um I remember like being like super scandalized because I was like a very like goody two-shoes kid and mm-hmm. um there's like one part where it made a peed is uh you know topless for like I don't know it felt like really long I remember thinking it was like wow this is like 20 minutes long or something I'm sure it was only <laughs> five but <laughs> I was like mom you told me to watch a movie with boobs in it <laughs> <laughs> 
She's like, what? parents don't recommend nudity. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But but yeah, so I they were definitely like, um, I they were influential in that sense. And like, my dad loves like random action movies. You know, like there was when the Equalizer came out. Like I he watched that movie. Like I swear to God, like a hundred times. Like he <laughs> loves yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is so he a big like, man on firehead? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He's like he has he's, to be. He, yeah, he we need the Denzel is. rankings. Yeah, <laughs> he probably is. I think too. The reason that he watched it was because I think like one of his coworkers like mentioned like he vaguely looked like Denzel, so he was like, "I must become Denzel." Whoa. <laughs> oh my god! He doesn't. He does not look like Denzel at all. <laughs> I don't know what that person was talking. About. Does he look as much as like Denzel as the dude in Game Night does? No, less. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Less. Well, that makes it even funnier. I mean, that makes yeah. that. Yeah, that's even better. Exactly. He was yeah. like, he's like, oh my god, I'm Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get that compliment, like you never let go of it too. Um, exactly. And it's so funny because now this like goes into like a snake eating its own tail. Like, um, you know, she thought that she slept with Denzel, but it's actually like they cut to like the Denzel impersonator. You get to like Lamorne Morris's impression and then your dad plays into this where it's like a whole like connection oh, exactly. yeah all, i know yeah full circle, baby. <laughs> Denzel is aware of none of this <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> do you think he knows what game night is mm, that's a good question maybe that's someone like question. told him but then maybe he doesn't remember now like right i feel like i don't know because i feel like lamorne morris does like a pretty good denzel impression so like yeah quite a good apparently apparently that's how they got the idea to write in the script it's just like he kept doing it one day and they're just like oh this would be an interesting bit to, <laughs> oh, really? to include yeah <laughs> and they just like spun out from there which is like super cool that's amazing so maybe somebody's like shown him like hey like look at this guy doing a an impression of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> He once did someone, someone on the press or like on the carpet showed him a video of that one TikToker who's really good at impersonating Denzel, and he was very much like, "Go to acting class." Basically, <laughs> he was like, "That's fun and cool and all, but go like do actual acting." It's it was very like I mean like all right Denzel I mean you yeah. you are the one to say that I mean no one right. can argue with you on this. Yeah, right. You are Juilliard trained. Like, I, I guess you have a per- permission to, like, call out anyone who needs training, you know? But... That's true, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of you Denzel, know, it... real quick, I do want to shout out, everyone should watch the Jesus Amaro Denzel interview that's on of YouTube. Course. Full, yeah. full, like, the full one. It is, you see a side of Denzel you don't really get to see. It's it's ve- it's very much of the ilk of him and Jamie Foxx, the Jamie Foxx interview, mm-hmm. where he's just, mm-hmm. it's all of the pomp and circumstance just gone completely gone and denzel's already a pretty much very much like a relatable casual person he yeah very vulnerable yeah people. yeah but he is so like and you get to learn a lot about his actual childhood and stuff he's it's a great interview and also made me like i could i at some point i could not breathe i was laughing so hard yeah um, yeah, yeah. You're a great guy. Well, we were yeah. well. I, you, we were here to make that episode to promote that interview, and now we can sign off. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think it is really cool though, where it's like you just kind of trickled it down into your love of film, and it wasn't like one thing because like that's kind of a creative story to me. We don't really get that that often. Like you don't have like the one fixation that led the you catalyst. to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
do you think because you got into celebrity gossip that plays a part into like your film writing and also how you look at what you're interested in in film? Because I feel that way sometimes too, that it's not like celebrity gossip was always my thing, but that certainly played a role um, that I, yeah. I, I just find like the sociological aspect of celebrity interesting. Yeah, I think, I think it definitely, it definitely influences like the way I pick like what I want to watch or like kind of like what piques my interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, like, I'm definitely like kind of, I'm thinking of like actor first kind of, I guess, like, you know, I see like, oh, this movie has so-and-so in it. Like, oh, I'm going to watch it. Like, regardless of what it's about, because, you know, I like this person. I've liked their other movies, whatever. Um, which of course has led to some real stinkers, uh, (laughs) but that's you know, take, right? Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. not everything can be a winner. I accept that. <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah, for every I game think... night, there's an identity thief, right? Of course, we know this. Exactly. That was another yeah. one that I, I, you know, went to the theater on a whim. Did not <laughs> like that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of my writing i i don't think it really plays that much of a role but you know i could be wrong like i don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if i have that that capacity of self-reflection uh, <laughs> in that sense but um yeah i think it definitely is like you know i'm thinking of like performances and and all that type of stuff um before i'm thinking of like directors and stuff i think recently right. are you more actor driven yeah, I, I definitely would say I'm more actor driven driven. I think like recently I've kind of like, you know, as I'm like expanding like my tastes and stuff and, you know, mm. trying to, you know, learn as I go. Like I'm I'm getting a little bit more into directors and like, you know, visual styles and that type of stuff. But it's definitely been like more um actors for me. I also kind of saw this on a whim, but I think it was more because like there was a lot of buzz around this like being a breath of fresh air coming out of a time when there wasn't many studio comedies mid-budget ones that hit the way that this did with audiences and critics um and i was just like oh is this gonna be good is this like kind of cringy and it's already gonna feel dated um i think i saw this uh in early 2019 when i was catching up with 2018 movies this was one where it's just like this really is like just it feels like one that i'll watch like throughout my life um almost where it, it just has such a great replay value and the it the jokes don't feel 2018 right they just they feel like they can carry on because it's all situational like it's not they're not mean-spirited at all it's just it's really like and it's really kind of has the humor just like has such a darkness to it um, that you just have to admire for Warner Brothers just like okaying it because it's like not too dark. It strikes this really great balance, I think. Um, yeah, like Goldstein Daily, they just like were handed the script uh, by Mark Perez and they worked on the script and it's just funny, you know? So it's like great to see just like funny script given to like very funny actors um, at the end of the day of this. And, you know, it's like when comedies try to be about something for me sometimes it's like too didactic but it's like at the end of the day like relationships are just like built on competition like that's like a fine message to have in my eyes like you know but uh 
and competitive like forms a bond, you know, kind of competitive spirit. You know, <sighs> great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the game of life. <laughs> oh, hey now, I never played that one much either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, yeah, but life. They kind of like run out of ideas at one point. But yeah, no, I think like it is. It is like a very. It's kind of like I was watching it earlier, and I was thinking like you know like you said like it is kind of dark when you think about it like mm-hmm. you know they witness like a kidnapping like shootings they're they go to the you know rich man's underground fight club whatever like <laughs> that's kind of serious stuff and they're yeah. all like <laughs> I oh think my god really they're real funny. the fight clubs are real <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i think it's kind of funny like i was thinking of it you know like these are people who you know they're like they have all these like pop culture references like you know they love like knowing things and knowing things about things but like you know when like actual like real life happens in front of them they're like oh that's not real like you know Mm -hmm. like it's like it's kind of i think it's really like kind of a perfect encapsulation of like how people who like have just watched like way too many movies would yeah. react to that type of situation they're like oh that's not real like that's just like a movie like you know whatever and it's like no it's actually all happening in front of you <laughs> right because like i i think i forgot about the part that um uh max and annie are such like they're like they love movies and and uh and i think that's why a lot of people who love movies love this one uh that it's like it kind of does connect with you where it's like you're not so oblivious but there's a level of oblivion, uh, you know, unawareness that does come with them because like they feel a little bit ready, but they're very much like not ready for the situation. It's like, again, it's like a really nice balance that they strike. Um, like, like when Annie tries to perform surgery on, uh, on, on Max, it's like that, that's so perfect. Like everything that could go wrong actually does go wrong. And like, you know, uh, her phone going to sleep and then like, uh, you know, she bought the wine to like put on the, the, the wound. It's like, (laughs) you know, excellent scene, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, I could, I've seen so many movies. I could totally take a bullet out of my, my husband's arm. (laughs) Yeah. And then it like actually happens and you're like, wait a second. Like, (laughs) this is not as easy as they make it look. The stranger walking across the street looks. <laughs> yeah, they're like both like gagging. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the rubber ducky in the mouth. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's a little burger and the. Oh, right. Does he, he spits it out so, like, he just spits it out and it's so funny. Like, <laughs> and it hits her right in the face, too. It's so, like, there's all these little moments that you just, because it's so, it, I mean, it is filled. It's just, it's filled to, filled to the brim of jokes. Like, it's like, what what's, what's the saying? It's like, it's, uh, ah, shit, I can't think of it. But, you know, it's like, there, it almost there's like no in between time between a joke. It's all it's just rapid fire, um, mm. and if it's not verbal, it's visual, and if it's not mm. like visual, it's an editing choice. Like it's all these little things that just happen throughout the movie that it's just so easy to forget all those little details. Um, I saw this on a whim. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. This was getting good reviews at the time, yes, um, for sure. Uh, before I saw it, this was. I think maybe we should also mention that this was very much like cast over the shadow of Black Panther. Like, 
doing everything, you know? So it's like oh, that's right. the fact, the yeah. fact that everything else, like we've also covered Annihilation, that this was also like, it, Black Panther was like crazy popular, like when that came out too. And also Paramount fucked up the release, but we talked about, it, you know, um, that this was, this had the, just like, I, I think the unfortunate chance of just like not being like dead of summer. Like I think putting this in February kind of hurt it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's probably why we all kind of like saw it on a whim too, because it's mm-hmm. like this like random February release, you know, you see yeah. all the big But stuff. when, exactly. And when critics say like, wow, a studio comedy like actually did a number that's on us, the then thing. it's like you, then you listen, right? And I think like once we do blockers in the future, it's like similar circumstance where it's like, wow, like something was actually made here and it feels very intelligent, you know, so it's interesting. Like both, like funny. 2018. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's like studio comedies have never been more, I don't want to say like they're going the way of the dodo bird, but like it's become a point where it's like, it's either streaming or it's a disappointment. Mm-hmm, right. Like a lot of studio comedies just don't succeed anymore. And of course this isn't me. I'm like, you know, expounding on this new form of information or this new theory <laughs> or this new thought. It's very much something everyone has said at this point. Everyone agrees but... on. Yeah. 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 But the reason why any moment, it's like you, the big sick, but even, in, I don't know if you want to call that a studio comedy since it's somewhat low, more low budget than that. But, but like things like the big sick, the moment you have any kind of critical praise or like actual momentum, it feels like the next coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a studio comedy. Good. Who knew these could be good. Right. And everyone's like freaking out about it. And it's almost like you need to prove that person wrong where it's like, I don't know. I have to see for myself. Like you can't just trust somebody once they recommend it, that it's actually worth that seeking. And plus, if we remember, like once lockdown started, like all of the comedies went straight to stream, like first, mm-hmm. like uh, King of Staten Island or Palm Springs or what have you. And I think it's like, of course, like, you know, circumstances, but, um, once you don't like hold on to those and you don't make them as an event as Dune or what have you, like it's interesting there. It's like you just studios look at them as more expendable than maybe we would, where it's like the actual theater environment may embrace them more than we would like to assume. It's kind of crazy that <laughs> I don't want to say this is the one that killed it, but I feel like <laughs> a momentum shift in studio comedies and them being viable for theatrical release was Stuber. Remember Stuber, mm-hmm. the Dave Batista, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, fucking yes. Uber movie. Yeah, yeah. Now that's an action comedy, but it is, yeah. that was like a big theatrical release. F- fucking splat, like dead yeah. on arrival. Just absolutely no buzz. No, like made probably nothing. <laughs> um, and it had two like. And they had all the kind of right ingredients, like, oh, it's this, you know, wacky premise to, mm-hmm. like, budgeting, like, movie stars. Wasn't it like the criminal is in the Uber drivers, like, you exactly. know, passenger? It's, it was like, yeah. it's exactly what, I mean, it, there's no real reason why it should have failed besides it not looking good. Yeah. But that's, but, like, to be honest, but there's how many movies are successful that don't look good? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily unheard of, especially for comedies, but... But something that people things. don't know about Stuber is that we were also attached to play the two leads, but we had to drop that, out. That is you know, true. That's yeah. true. They, this is true. It was yeah, a yeah. long casting process. Yeah. I eventually wow. declined because yeah. I don't want to work. And then I dropped Jack. out. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't do it if you weren't going to do it. Yeah. We all, and I didn't want to do it with Jack in the first place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was looking for Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn was my first choice, but they went, you know, he was busy. Um, 
No, I just, I, I just feel like that was, what was that right? That was like pre-pandemic, but it was like 2019. And that was just, it just bombed. It was so fucking dead on arrival. Even like the really great ones, even like the really great pseudo comedies aren't even that successful. I mean, the, the big sick was because it was such a low budget, but game night, I mean, it, it made money. It was successful. It was like, sort of like 35 mil budget on a hundred million and I made like hundred mil worldwide. That's good. It's not great. But it's good. Uh, yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blockers, I don't even think was that successful. I mean, I think it was fine. I think it made, I think it probably made a few bucks, but I don't think it was book smart. I mean, again, that's now you're getting into like Annapurna, not necessarily a studio. Sure, like, sure. I sure. mean, there's, yeah. yeah, you get into the like, is yeah. that an indie? Is that a studio comedy? Blah, blah. I mean, it's not an indie, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. sm- smaller budget. We've talked about it. Yeah. So now it's like, who knows how they exist? Uh, I mean, it just feels like it's like Netflix or bust, and even the but the net. But I don't even know how many people are watching the Netflix ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, was always be by maybe during COVID, or is that before COVID? I know that like one of the sequels was during COVID, or maybe both. No, of them. no, no, always, uh, no, no. The I don't think it has. Oh, always oh my I gosh. Think it was, I mixed up movies. I, no, my bad. No, um, always be my maybe was twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because and that was in the Keanu, like John Wick three, Toy Story four, like all that. But yeah, so it's interesting. And I think that's again, these are not like the biggest movies ever, but like that's. And that might go more towards the death of rom-com rather than pseudo-comedy, but those are, like, two budgeting, again, movie stars. It mm-hmm. very much, you know, it has, like, definitely, like, a demographic it's, like, going for. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, like, unless you're Tyler Perry, well, even then, I don't know how his movies have been doing recently, unless, but, like, and Kevin Hart, I don't even, see, it's just, we're at a point where it's, like, can you real, is there any real viability, no matter who you're, who is involved, to do comedy right now yeah um, i can't i don't know uh, I, 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 and of course the other issue is like you just don't know what name to put above a poster and they'll be the one to sell the actual film rather than the premise um right because like just... movie star because it's like it's not movie star driven anymore yeah. so it's like do we even use the actors as like either you have to have it either has to be knives out where you have everybody or it has to be mm-hmm. such a like great premise lightning in the bottle word of mouth thing yeah it's i don't i can't i don't think it can be like you have two people yeah you know what i mean like you have two. of course we couldn't do that and we we graciously gave it up to kamel and dave they they do you know they they did what they did of course um (laughs) yeah but no with this one though i think yeah warner brothers like they had something great and i think they knew they did but it's like I don't know how confident they were um, by putting this at the start. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying, though, where it's like, it's interesting where it's like, that's that's where we were in 2018, where it's like, we just, like, something that is inherently really great and, like, really smartly written, and it has, it's, like, really well made, too. Um, like, even then, we're just, like, not even that confident that it's a safe bet to do huge numbers and it's it's just like wow how far we come but. it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy oh we're not confident mm-hmm. in it we're not sure if it's going to do well so they don't put enough like actual support behind it so it doesn't do well and then they become le- more like less confident like yeah it is it is very interesting um i guess i, I guess one point. other i guess one other thing maybe that came to, came to mind is like goldstein and daily made vacation uh prior to this that's so a maybe that's, a I, no, like, that's exactly exactly and it's like maybe that's where my head goes where it's like 
oh, wow, okay, maybe they just didn't have the confidence in that team. But they, you know, Daly and Goldstein uh, jumped in, like, afterwards. They they were handed the script. It was a for-hire thing. Right. And, and uh, I mean, uh, uh, they had to convince Bateman to um, to play Max. Like, he was just on as a producer at first. But then, like, I can't imagine this movie without um, McAdams and, and Bateman. Honestly, this entire cast is just, like, perfect. Like, they utilize everybody's yeah. Oh, yeah, natural absolutely. charismatic abilities incredibly well. Um, you know, I'm a huge, huge New Girl fan. And to see Lamorne Morris, like, have chemistry with just about anybody is is always a yeah. treat, uh for example uh shout out to movie pass this was one of the movies <laughs> when i had movie pass that i did see on movie pass as a bailey uh, as as a theater worker bailey is like shuddering right now <laughs> <laughs> oh i i started post movie pass so interesting you know, yes yeah i we haven't had any well i wouldn't say post you never know they might come back yeah. oh well didn't they know. come uh, back yeah. but it's like a really weird it could like be. Yeah. I th- uh, didn't they come back? It was like yeah. I mean, they've always been threatening it. I don't know if they might have right. actually already did, but no one responded. But they've always like put a it's... gun, like they just waved a gun around. <laughs> we're coming back. You yeah. better watch yeah, out. Yeah, we're coming yeah. back. <laughs> It'll never be the same. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, something's different now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually really. Now I'm thinking about it, it's like. The whole Frito Lay outline is like that is what you could say for Movie Pass. How could that be profitable for Movie Pass? It really, it really is. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's so was funny. um. So when I, uh, oh geez, what was the, um, the Gaudi movie? That was that was twenty eighteen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was their yeah. year, huh? That, I mean, it wasn't movie, it wasn't right, this year. Yeah. That number one. That's, with Gaudi a, is your favorite with movie of twenty eighteen, right? Um. Yeah, you're actually not going to be on that episode. It's just, uh, it's just me. It's you. It's just yeah, it's you. Just, just going like your whole uh, monologue. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is the misunderstood masterpiece. Uh... You would be the first person ever to write a manifesto on Gotti. <laughs> on Gotti. Yeah. <laughs> this is why it has saved the cinema, not destroyed it. Yeah. When you die 80 years from now, the only thing that will be left is your Gotti manifesto. The we wipe of out. Gotti. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's my memoir. Yeah. Um, I think so when I first saw this it was I wasn't I liked it but I was at that moment where I didn't like I was at 2018 I was in a dumb 18 year old who had bad taste and so (laughs) comedies were always like well that's like the less superior kind of film like I came in from that aspect I'm like oh it doesn't have the real like you know dramatic you know like dramatic uh consistency or mm-hmm. whatever like it's not it's not real cinema and of course that's the dumbest fucking thing anyone's ever said but um i was but i still was like good movie i rewatched then I, you know i hear more people talk about it i'm like oh that was actually kind of that was really good i remember it more fondly then i rewatch it in like what 20 2020 because it was me and my family uh, I like we were at we we're doing we were at a vacation. It was like me, my uncle, my aunt, my mom, uh, my cousins like went to bed or something, and it was just the four of us. And they're like, "All right, let's watch something." And I'm like, "All right, I'm the resident movie movie picker. I pick the movies. I'm in charge. It's my area of expertise." <laughs> Clock in, and I pride myself on that because I'm like, "Okay, what's a movie everyone's gonna love here?" We have four different people. We have four different very very you know varying tastes. Um, what's gonna be the choice here? Now you could either go for something very broad and family friendly, like your Back to the Futures or whatever, 
or your you stubers. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, of or you course. go for a comedy. And I like I also showed like the entire family Dolomite is my name one year. And that mm-hmm. was a huge success. Like they fucking loved it. It was a banger. A hundred percent. Everyone was into it. And so I'm like, all right, what's something close to that? And like, even though like close in the sense of like, you know, studio comedy isn't like, doesn't do anything too crazy, has stars, you know, is just really fun. Game night. Yeah. I show game night to them. Banger. Everyone loves it. We're in, you know, laughter is filling the room. It's echoing. It's, it's being heard across the stars. The neighbors are, just can't stop are laughing. complaining yeah, to you. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> slapping the knees. Uh, you know, I'm slapping my mom's knees. Hooting and hollering. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. Un- my uncle then does backflips. It's all great. <laughs> Popping champagne. Um, and we have to pour on our gun wounds. Yeah, um, of course, of course. It's a nice shard, actually. Or a nice shard. <laughs> hey. Did anyone, the moment that was brought up, I'm like, that would be really sticky, wouldn't it? That, wouldn't that be, like, <laughs> yeah. sticky? They have, like, sh- yeah. I don't I'm not a Chardonnay drinker. Like, that's sugar, though. Like, they have, they're pretty sugary. For, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, alcohol, they're pretty right? sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, so, like sticky everywhere. Um, yeah. I, that was I my really main doubt, concern. I really doubt that it has the alcohol content to, to clean a wound. Exactly. But... Yeah. It's mostly just sugar. Um, yeah. I love also that honey. it's my main yeah. Like, like it's my main concern, not yeah, the gunshot yeah, yeah. wound, but no, how no. sticky the Chardonnay is. Yeah. Uh, or the champagne or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they loved it. And then I just, and, and of course, when you watch it with people and the more they laugh, the more you laugh. And it's just, it, it makes the, makes the movie so much better. Mm-hmm. I think so this then is it, a like, great. Oh, go oh ahead. sorry. I was, I was just going to say, I think this is a great movie, like to show people like that. This is exactly. one of those lines where it's like. You know, if you don't know what to watch, you're like, let's watch Game Night. And it's like, it's fun mm. to watch people watch it, you know? It's just smart enough for everyone to feel like, oh, this isn't like a dumb comedy we're wasting our time on. It's yeah. also, again, like broad enough where everyone can laugh. Mm-hmm. And it's also a little unknown that it's not everyone's not going to have seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's really no, one so of those right. perfect. I love finding those movies where it's just like kind of like the perfect recommendation. Just like. Mm-hmm. It's just it it just hits all the right boxes, and it you know it, it it's just going to be a very unlikely because no movie is a hundred percent likable because you're always going to get that one person who maybe not likes it, but you always try to look for the highest success rate, and Game Night I think definitely has one of the higher success rates besides like maybe one of the classics. Yeah, um, and like I saw some reviews say it was too long, and I'm like, that's really like unfair to the movie. Like I if it's under two hours, I don't. I don't know. I can. It's like an hour forty, isn't it? Make, yeah, it's yeah, it's like hundred yeah, minutes. Yeah, like hundred minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't. Okay. I I think. I want it to be sixty you, minutes. Right. Exactly. It's like I, I, I like I suppose like the ninety minute comment like that, of course. But it's like this is close enough where you don't have to file that complaint. I think, but I think when you come off of the uh, Apatow era inspired, you know what have you, where it's like those can range from like two hours, 10 minutes. And I like, I assume like people were just like anything over 90 minutes is too long. Um, but no, I think this would, this was also a breath of fresh air for also that reason. Right. Cause this movie feels very scripted and it's well scripted. Um, of course, like there might have been improv, but it's not only improv. Um, you know, they relied on their actors for like excellent line delivery is not so much like coming up with material on the spot. And it's like, you can feel that Um, you can feel like the raw chemistry because like, I know Billy Madison was talking about like meeting the cast for the first time and the cast actually played 
board games to like get to know each other before their shoot or like during the shoot or what have you. And it's like, that's very cool where it's like the chemistry wasn't already made. Like Judd Apatow didn't get his friends together. And it's like, that's the movie. Right. Uh, but yeah, I also just like, yeah, I really appreciated it more the second time around and I've only thought of it more fondly since. And then watching it in preparation last night, I like, and it's one of those things when you watch comedy comedies by yourself, it's always just like, well, is this going to make it a worse experience? And I'm not, mm. and I'm not saying it like, of course, it's always better to watch it with people, but like, is it, am I not going to be able to appreciate the film fully if I just watch it by myself? Mm. Uh, and that was not the case. I, I fucking, I, I, I would talk to Jack before we started recording that I wrote down like all of the lines that made me laugh. And there's a decent amount of them here. Uh, not all of them, sorry. Like, but like the main, the ones that popped out where I'm like, that's a good fucking line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you're high fiving Hitler. I'm not loving your semen. Cain and Abel, the Baldwins. How is that profitable for Frito Lay? You've always mm-hmm. been a bit of a snowstorm. Did you suck it? Like all of these, like just yeah, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, and the uh, speaking of like you know relying on the actors, like the delivery of some of those lines, like it's just like perfect. from everybody. Like, from everyone, like I especially like Billy Magnuson, like standout star of this movie. Like everything that he says just like sends me into a fit. Like it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like when they're talking about um when um Kyle Chandler is telling the story about how Jason Bateman tried to suck his own dick as a kid and Billy Magnuson's like, Did you suck it? Yeah. <laughs> he has a smile on yeah, his face yeah, too. Yeah. And he barely moves his lips. Like, did you suck it? <laughs> like he's doing ventriloquism. It's so fucking fun. He has such an expressive yeah. face for someone who kind of looks like like a typical like white guy. He like, does. He, like, he's I like think a, it's really yeah. like he really like utilizes the fact that he like doesn't have a top lip, you know? Right. Like it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's a very like puppy a wide smile. Well, yeah, wide. it's a very pup it's a very puppy dog performance. Um, oh yeah, he's a golden. I, he's a golden retriever. Yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. The line deliveries are excellent. Um, like when uh, when Brooks is setting up the stakes for the game night, and Ryan is just like, "So we we get the keys? Is that it?" It's like, "No, no, Ryan, the whole <laughs> yeah. car." <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it's so fun to it's so fun to go back to inter- to the interviews at the time uh, and seeing Madison because he's he almost like comes across as like a normal person who happens to be famous. Uh, which is like very cool right. um, to see, and it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just like naive, but I think there are more people like that who are who have a lot of humility. But anyway, yeah, just like to go on the point about celebrities, but I think Billy Magnuson, like at at that time, is just like just like consistently works. Like, um, you know, he and Jesse Plemons, someone we haven't named yet, uh, were in the Black Mirror episode, USS Callister, and that was the first time that I think I saw both of them. Uh, only a year prior to this, I believe. I think the first time I saw Billy Magnuson was in um, Into the Woods, the yeah, movie yeah. version. Where Please he Brothers with Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I loved him in that because he does like, you know, he kind of does the stupid puppy dog thing in that too. And I, I don't, I, like, that was a movie where I was like, kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. But like, there were definitely like individual like performances where I was like, yeah, that was that was fun to watch. But but yeah, like, um, yeah. Also, Jesse Plemons, of course, like obvious. You know, we have to talk about how is that profitable for Frito Lay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, like uh, the other I the other part that I thought that was really funny that 
you know, I kind of forgot about before rewatching it was when they like go over to his house after they figure out that they need his computer to look up mm-hmm. the, the Bulgarian or whatever. And he's like, they're talking to him in the doorway. And then he just like goes back into the darkness and you like realize like, <laughs> wait a second, like why is his doorway like pitch black? Like <laughs> he just like fades into his house and they're like, do we follow him? Do we go in? Where did he go? (laughs) You would expect him to like be sitting alone on the couch just like in pitch black and then when the door answers it was like that's it. That was the image. Um, You know, yeah, just like so much like when the uh, like I love the scenery when uh, it's Annie Max and Gary and they're like in the cul-de-sac and there's like that big distance between them. It's so awkward. There's no music in that scene. Um, And it's like the entire movie treats itself sometimes like it's a thriller, but it's like in those scenes, like it's just a straight up like broad comedy. And like <laughs> some of the, some of the things like Plemons will say and like as Olivia, the dog who is, you know, uh, you, who won an Oscar for the film, uh, licks his face. <laughs> Obviously. And it's like, <laughs> like just, just some of the, like I have lamp shacks that are marinating and, Rosemary and red wine, like you know, and you can tell that wasn't yeah. scripted too, because yeah. he just like, and he has yeah. this stone face where he's just like, "Yep, this dog, this it, one of the most adorable dogs to ever exist, just looked my yeah, face." Of course, and of course, nothing yeah. is new. I think we should also mention, like, we haven't covered the film yet, but Olivia from this film is also in Widows, playing Viola Davis's dog, which is very fun. Um, it was the and, same year too, right? Yeah, same year, of course. Yeah, 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 totally. And big year for her. Um, Plemons gets a lot of comparisons to Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I think this is maybe like the most Hoffman performance that he's ever, or like yeah, one this of is them, like, you know, it's like, yeah. This yeah. is like Big Lebowski, Boogie <laughs> Nights, kind of. Not in the, necessarily the character type, but just in the role he would take on. In the, like, in the mannerisms and the body language, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's all, yeah. it's all physical. It's all like facial and it's basically him just like appearing and being the supporting player, but not being no one's ever going to say Jesse Plemons, my favorite comedic actor, because that's <laughs> just not how he presents yeah. himself to be. Yeah. Same thing with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Now, if you said that he's your favorite comedic actor, I think that's a bri- brilliant take. I think it's a beautiful take. I mean, he's yeah. insanely funny. Punch Drunk Love? Like, come on. Like, White that's Man's just Kendra. not how, but it's not how we see him as. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, the th- to, go, to go quick back to the um, scene of like him just disappearing into the darkness of the house and he's like, are we supposed to go in? <laughs> the reason why that's so fucking funny and not to feel like I'm you know, just explaining how movies work, but I think that when it comes to comedies, I think people lose this aspect of it. The lighting, the way that's shot, the way it's framed, and the cut right back to them, just like, what's going on? Like, that's a lot of great filmmaking technique. A lot of that scene has to do with the lighting. How, like, how quickly he disappears in the darkness. How dark it is. Like, and how it's framed to make sure like he completely is like absolved from the yeah. frame. It's like in for people who for these two guys who directed the vacation reboot that would that was maybe the most hated film ever made. And also uh, wrote Horrible Bosses, which is like I I really like that one. Right, but like yeah, but yeah. Pe- but directors who have not had a good track record at that point and were mm-hmm. had no one really had confidence in Warner Brothers probably I mean maybe had some confidence in. I think they were attached to do the Flash at one point too. Um, but they, but to, for them to just be like, fuck it, we're like to show their actual chops, um, I think is really impressive. And I, 
I now know they're doing. They they just finished the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Chris Pine. So yeah. Oh. I guess Maybe. everyone's super hyped for that. I don't know. I'm like, sure, I'll watch it. Yeah, right. Chris Pine. After this, like, I, I have trust in them. After this, I don't yeah. know what Dungeons and Dragons means. Uh, I think it's like... just the game. No, I, I know. I was just. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's above my point... pay grade. <laughs> I think to your point, Clay, like this movie does have like, you know, I think that one of the other great surprises about it is that it does have like these great like visual sensibilities, like when they do kind of like the like aerial location shots and kind of make it look like it's like a game board and so inventive. Um, it's so smart. Yeah, they have they just have like really fun like um kind of you know visual quirks in the movie that like it works because it's like you know it is like about playing games and and you know having fun and whatever and like there's like one one part where um when they're looking for Kyle Chandler and they're in that like dive bar and they find him in the room they lock the door and then the guys are trying to get in and they're trying to open the door like through the window and he like hits the the handle or the lock yeah and the camera turns like that's so fun you know Mm -hmm. yeah it has a lot of really really creative uh, camera movements um like when brooke when like max and annie and everybody else is showing brooks outside um the camera like glides through the house set it's like it doesn't cut to outside like yeah it's like pretty cool um yeah even something like that can be very smooth or even like the i think um i think i've seen it like on twitter like a few times the part where um they're like throwing the egg around the house yeah, right each other, that's the big one the long it's like take, the one yeah. take yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like it's that's fun like mm-hmm. it's i think you know there's like there's obviously the um you know the jokes and then there's kind of like these little like visual gags whatever but like i think they have a lot of fun with the the camera work too that makes it like a much more like dynamic and engaging movie. They're yeah, making choices. absolutely. I think, and at and it sucks to say at this point, but that's that's a breath again. I think uh, Josh Lewis uh, wrote a review on his letterbox saying, like, you know, for us to, he wasn't like I like the movie way more than he does, but for him to say like, oh, a competently made studio comedy, what an insane concept in the sense of like. This we, the studio this genre has been lacking so long in actual inventive filmmaking. Uh, filmmakers taking a chance and making creative choices that also accentuate the actual comedy, not just relying on the writing and the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like the game board piece, like the game board thing when they you know transition, like uh, look look at the car driving up the street. I have that film. It's a game board. That's exactly what we need. That's 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 playing around with the with the uh, plot that's playing around, I mean, playing around with the premise and using mm-hmm. your visual sensibilities to just add, add, add more detail, add more fascination, be more like, have more like vibrancy. Um, yeah. I, no, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I feel like this could be something that was like, so that so easily could have been lazy. Um, but yeah, like it was infused with like so, so many creative choices. Um, and you can, you can absolutely see like the, worst version of this and you know uh the thing with uh with brooks it's like (laughs) it doesn't i don't think to me it feels so cute to where it's like oh well is he actually in trouble or is this the game like i think it actually does make it pretty concrete like this guy's a piece of shit and max is clearly like 
the better person for not wanting to think of as a role model anymore. And, you know, it's like the fact that they didn't like play it out too long is like very smart decision also, uh, you know, and like the, uh, the Jeffrey Wright cameo is, <laughs> it's just fucking amazing. Um, because like, you know, he's no, like Nathan. clearly, he, he's like, he's really good, but it's like, there's almost like this part of him where it's like, you can clearly tell like, that's an actor. Um, <laughs> yeah, when like, he's like, he's like laid it on a little too much. For this. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> Before we begin, I just need to ask him if anybody has any fuel allergies, like nuts, and it's like, so good. Yeah, um, it's like let I any mean, innocents be slaughtered on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's can't like rest you, them like these little civilians. It's like such a good, like, this is a guy who, like, thinks of himself as, like, a serious actor, and, like, this is, like, his stepping stone to, like, you know, bigger and better things. It's It's more than Disney Cruises, but, like... It's not like you're going to people's houses and pretending to be an FBI agent. There's a, <laughs> there's a great line he says, like, I gave up cru- uh, Disney cruises for this bullshit. And yeah. I'm just like, that's, it, man, he, yeah, I, I love Jeffrey Wright. Love, love, love Jeffrey Wright. He's a, like truly one of my favorite actors. Uh, well, no matter how little he is, or little, how, <laughs> I'm not saying he's short. I mean, how, how much, <laughs> Jesus, uh, whether he's in the movie for a little or a lot. Yeah, I think I say. I it's think basically a cameo. It is. I oh, think yeah. it's uncredited, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. in the last. No, he wasn't credited. Yeah, even yeah. Chelsea Peretti was credited. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael C. Hall was credited. Great yeah. scene, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny Huston, but yeah. Uh, I think too. Like it's. I forgot like how many people like crop up in this movie. Right. You know, it's like you you have the main cast, you have Jesse Plemons, obviously, and then like Jeffrey Wright shows up, Chelsea Peretti, Danny Huston, Michael C. Hall, like Michael C. Fucking Hall. <laughs> You're like, have oh my you God. two seen Gamer, the Gerard Butler movie? Mm-mm. Jack, I don't think I'm, you have. Mm. Okay, it's a fascinating movie. It was critically like butchered when it came out, and mm-hmm. maybe rightfully so. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It has a lot of it has a lot of big ideas. But he plays, I think I've already talked about this because I I watched it recently, but he plays basically, what if Elon Musk, but, but or what if like a, yeah, like Elon Musk, but what if he was like a Texan who had a, like a very strong Southern accent <laughs> and he is fucking, there's a moment in the scene where, or the moment in the movie where he does a dance number with a whole bunch of like, like mind controlled people. It's. He is bizarre and fucking hammy in that movie. And it's just one of those things where I just realized watching this again, too, is like he like for whatever, you know, the stigma of him being like this very serious and dramatic actor. Like, yeah. And like, especially in like I'm Dexter. Dexter like, I like, kill serial killers. My yeah. dark passenger. I have a tortured like, past. Yeah. I feel like that's funny because like when I, I watched Dexter like a few years ago and I never ended up finishing it, but. Like, when I was watching it, I, I feel like I remember, like, Dexter having, like, funny parts, you know? Like, I feel like... The show is, but not his character. It's, right, like, a right, lot of it yeah. is him just being the, the, like, the very much, like, I'm very yeah, serious. brooding serial killer, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, which also, you know, serial killers, you know, they're always brooding. I don't always say that. Yeah, right. um, but, yeah, no, but you see how much fun he's like, now I'm gonna just slice up your stomach. <laughs> like, just in the plane. It's... He's all. He's just really good. Um, I I love Michael C. Hall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I think, think this movie like. Oh, I was just gonna say I think oh, this movie is yeah. like really great at exhibiting like everyone's talents. You know, like absolutely yes. yes. Everyone, uh, everyone uses Chelsea has... Peretti in the exact way she needs to be used. Yeah. Exactly. And 
uh, in an offhanded way, you bring out Knives Out earlier, and I think Knives Out is very similar in that regard. But um, also, I think Michael C. Hall, like, I can't not see him play anything as extraordinary as when he does villains. Like, he just plays a piece of shit so well. Um, like, there's that great line where he's like, am I the asshole? I'm not the asshole. Are you the asshole? And it's, it's like, so <laughs> yeah. swarmy and, uh, you know, but, um, no, and then, yeah, because, like, when that... Like his role in Christine. The Christine, like, yeah, right. A movie we've covered. He's so we've covered, slow, yeah. like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. Even when he is playing someone who, where it's, like, you're supposed to trust him, like, in, in that film, like, there's, like, a disloyalty there. Um, but, yeah, it's... Just like a very specific presence, I think. Oh. And it's used perfectly here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like when, when he's introduced, um, it's like, all right, we're taking this a little too far. But then it's like it's actually paying off. Um, like <laughs> like when, he, when it's like, I'm going to be Liam Neeson and Taken. It's like, you know, like, actually, it's actually like very smart. It's like you think like that's the third act where it's like, okay, this movie's going on too, too far. Um, yeah, like they just make very smart uses of their runtime which is like it makes the criticisms of the runtime even more bizarre where it's like i i just think everything just like leads from one place to another very well and, you know yeah i don't i can't really think of a part of the movie that like doesn't feel like it's flowing naturally into the other parts you know what i mean like it's like mm-hmm. it feels like it feels pretty tight like i don't there's nothing there really exactly that is, is not necessary yeah. And I love all the yeah, subplots totally. too. Even like yeah, like the Denzel thing we talked about earlier. I think that shit's really funny. Uh, I also it think is. those are two good actors. So mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, there's like the like Denzel subplot. There's like the thing with um Ryan, Billy Magnuson's character, where he like he's bringing all these like dumb girls around and then <laughs> he brings Sharon Horgan and he's like, yeah, Oh, she's like great. I normally she I love her. Yeah. And she, he's like He's like, oh, normally I bring girls I want to sleep to or sleep with to these things. So like, you're such a breath of fresh air. And she's like, thanks. <laughs> I'm not watching Catastrophe, but this rewatch makes me want to because uh, I know that's her show. But there's she's really this, good in, in Catastrophe. Yeah. There's this line in the beginning when it was before she comes. Like it was at the, the very first game night we see, um, where you know, like they crawl. <laughs> <laughs> the window thing is also window. so funny. It's like 9 Living Dead in here. You? Yeah, no, I'm yeah. good. I can I can go in here. <laughs> uh, and they ask her her name, or like, um, Christina's like, oh yeah, we saw you last week. Your name's, you know, you work at uh, Forever 21, right? And she's like, no. And she <laughs> says, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The way she delivers it's, that is yeah. so funny. And then Jason Bateman's like, different girl, honey. Different girl. Yeah. Same I look, also, same personality, different girl. Yeah. I also love. When, I work at Sephora. Um, yeah, cool. I love when, uh, um, I can't remember her name, but Kylie Bunbury, she's like, oh, where'd you meet her at a TED talk? And he's like, yeah. like, like straight face. No, Chipotle. Yeah. Kylie <laughs> yeah. Bunbury is also pretty excellent. I mean, everyone's fantastic. she's so good. Um, yeah, yeah. She's, that was my big great. takeaway. It's like, oh, she's great. Like, yeah, yeah. She needs to be in more. 
yeah, Which her and Lamar Morris feel like story. they, yeah, they feel like they've really been together for like decades, and it's like you can tell there's like a whole there's a whole other movie going on with those two. <laughs> That's I was thinking that too. Like you know, like I think everyone like fits so well together. Like there's really no question. Like these people have been friends for a while. Like they do this all the time. Like you know, like. everyone has like the couples have great chemistry but like as a group they all have great chemistry and like even sharon horgan who's like just like subbing in for all of his stupid girlfriends like you know she gets along so well with everyone yeah it's just it's so fun to watch Mm -hmm. and then like why and then they start to question like why are you still here and then she's like i don't know might be fun if you guys die later yeah it's just like she (laughs) <laughs> she feels would, like she gets this group even though tomorrow yeah, like, yeah. You, know, like, yeah. you still read She's the like, paper i feel really bad that's the thing that, Bailey, that goes with your point about Bill Magnuson. he just does that shit with a, an insane face he just like he, for some reason it's like there's like a dial on the back of his head and every time you need something for like you need a specific fucking number in a scene you just dial it to that sure Boom. yeah yeah he is he so good. You. He's so yeah. good. He's so stupid. Or like <laughs> after he's like, oh, I normally bring like girls I want to sleep with. And then he's like, wait, are you wearing lipstick? And she's like, no. And he's like, mm, I think that's date lipstick. And he like sticks his finger in her mouth and she bites yeah. it. And then he's like, you bit me. There's lipstick on here. <laughs> he does it so quickly. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ryan's face too when he says, or when he learns that Gary has framed pictures of his best friends. It's like horrifying. And there's a moment, and there's a moment when, when like he, like, that, like, or like, um, how was it? Gary, like, says all, you know, like, is like bearing his heart out and like, yeah, you know, things have been wrapped up a lot. And then there's like this pause and he's like, Oh, because your wife let you left you. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And everyone's like, <laughs> and Annie is like giving the most disgusted face. <laughs> or uh, the other part I love with him is when they go to the the like murder mystery like company or whatever, and they're trying to dra- bribe Kelsey Peretti, and he's like sliding the money across yeah. the table. But I love the way that he slides it. He like kind of shakes it, like shimmies it. It's $17. And it's slower every time. Every time it's slower. It's like the scene is like five minutes long. Like there's no reason why he should be sliding money across the table for that. Final long. offer. <laughs> Alright, you drive a hard bargain. It's another $1 bill. And for some reason, how I don't know how, but oh, they found God. the funniest amount it could have been. They yeah. found the funniest way it could yeah. like, a ten, a five, and then two twos. <laughs> or two ones. Yeah, for right. some reason, that is the funniest combination they could have picked. Yeah. It's just perfect. You just have to have that extra one though. It's like yeah. they really realized like scene like, wasn't enough. It exactly. had to be seventeen. Yeah. It had <laughs> to have another one dollar bill because in your head you're like, he's not gonna pull out another one. There's yeah. no way. <laughs> you're like this scene can't go on one. further. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. God, I knew we were going to have a lot this episode, but I'm already like, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of um, uh, the subplot of like her sleeping with a celebrity, um, I forget the actress's name. I apologize. Um, Kylie Bunbury. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I love how the, he uh, 
his his guesses. So he has like three main guesses. <laughs> They're all really fucking funny. And his first one, like you know, asks like, "Oh, over fifty, you know, actor over 50. and he's like, "It's Tommy Lee Jones." <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> like, like, why would that be the first person you think of? <laughs> it's so funny that even yeah. think that she would sleep with Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> one of the most ornery actors to ever ornery. And like she, she he's to- Tommy Lee Jones. Um, and then in that, like, I think a few minutes later. He says, uh, so like she, he's, he says like to start a fire or something. He's like, you want to, and she's like, you want to start, start a fire in a, in a windowless room. room. Yeah. And he, he says, like, <laughs> what, what, you know, did you sleep with Bill Nye, the science guy? and learn about flames. So his second <laughs> guess is Bill Nye, the science guy. His third guess is when I think like after, um, they all meet back at the house after uh, Richard McAdams sewed Jason Bateman's uh, bullet hole. Um, and, uh, and like, there's a pause in conversation like that. And it's not related to anything. Uh, he says, like, and he claps his hands, like Billy Bob Thornton. And she's like, <laughs> what? And, like, you slept with Billy Bob, didn't you? And everyone and, just moves on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, right. it's so good. Are, yeah. Just the three. It's so committed. Just, Three perfect guesses. It's just like it's all just man. I ah, oh, this movie fucking rules. It's there's it, really it no jokes to... that don't work. Like there's no. nothing in here that's like, well, isn't this like the Me Too era? Or I don't know. It's just like what is this? It just feels like it's from another script or something. Um, I I I just uh yeah, because their relationship it really does feel like the banter of someone who's been together for as long as they have. Like and and. Uh, I love Ryan just like going over and, and leaning towards um, his date and they're like, you know, they've been together since middle school. And it's just like, that's, that's how it's yeah, like, it's you just, almost feel like you're involved in the movie because it's, it's like the information is being passed to you. Not like, right. Right. Talk and to you. And he, says it, yeah. he says it in like such a gossipy way too. Like, she's like, what's going on here? And he's like, they've been together since middle school. <laughs> and she understands immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Even though that's also also that's not right. That's the funny thing is that they they literally say they were together at nineteen. They've just known each other since fourteen. I just right, thought yeah. about that. That's not correct. It, I, think, I think she says that they get married at nineteen. Oh, yeah. So they like were together like. Oh, okay. That. Well, never mind then. Never mind. Um, but I mean, either way, like you know, it's God, still like it's so these funny. are these are people who have known each other forever, like. You know, it's like, you know, maybe they don't really, like, fight about anything or whatever, but, like, this is, like, the thing. <laughs> I think it just is interesting to look at Billy Madison and, like, the amount of people that have been interested in his ability. Just, like, the amount of range he has. Um, it's like, you know, we mentioned uh, USS Callister, the Black Mirror episode, but also Jesse Plemons. Um, we've also talked about him in the big short and damsels in distress, but it's like to see him go with, uh, bridge of spies, um, in that small role, which also has Jesse Plemons in the small role, which is like kind of interesting where it's like, you know, he'll, he'll like pop up here and there. And then like this one, um, I think all along with, uh, um, uh, no time to die and many Saints of Newark last year, which also like pretty notable. It's, it's like interesting to see him like, like a very consistent evolution. I was it he was was he Polly in uh Many Things of Newark? 
I just remember thinking that he he did like a a good impression of whoever he was. Yeah, he was be. young Polly. Yeah, yeah. And um, no time Coming to die. On CBS Jeffrey this Wright fall. is also. <laughs> um, no time to die. Jeffrey Wright's also in that. That's a fun right. little reunion. He kills Jeffrey Wright, <laughs> motherfucker. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Oh, I love the bit when he kicks him. I it's so funny. He kicks him the first He's just such time. a great actor. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. He kicks him the first like, this guy's a regular Daniel Day-Lewis. And then right before he leaves, he kicks him again. And she's like, stop kicking him. He's like, he's such a good actor. Just walk It's so Fully funny. unconscious. It's like, yeah. It's also, why do that? <laughs> he wants to see um, if he's a good actor. Even if he is right. acting, it's like, don't just <laughs> right, exactly. leave the FBI agent be. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, like that entire time, it just, it feels like Ryan, um, just like, it, it almost feels like he's also meeting the friend group for the first time where it's like, how long have you known these people? <laughs> um, and I think at one point, like, uh, he introduces, uh, himself as, uh, work friends with Max, but it's like, even then, like, how close are they at work? <laughs> they never mentioned their job. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they really like fully explain how they all know each other. But who cares? Exactly. It's like they all they're all funny together. I also think the thing that like really like is the cherry on top of his of Billy Magnuson's like whole thing is at the end during the like end credits where they're showing. I was Gary just Plan. gonna say this. I was just they're gonna like say Harvard this. University alumni. <laughs> and it's you're like, so of course, funny. Of course, this supremely stupid like big dumb blonde white guy went to harvard of course <laughs> and he must be somewhat successful too because it sounds like he doesn't have like a tiny job or anything right it sounds like he has like a job job and it, it's so it's so fun yeah he I, didn't invest moment, in panera <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> he didn't invent the the fuji apple salad <laughs> he ate at panera though we do have to talk about speaking of we have to talk about kyle chandler what a fucking role. Maybe his best performance of the decade. And I love Kyle Chandler, but it's not like he has like a ton of shit to like put on his belt in 2010s. Like Godzilla King of the Monsters is like Well, yeah, no, I think you're you're right though. I, I like he was the word typecasting. I that's pretty I I don't I don't like to use it that much, but I, I like I like how this is like so subversive. It's so great. Um, even though like you can see that it's subversive, like it's still like so well done. You can see like how committed, I mean, everybody's committed, but it's like just the amount of fun that Chandler is having is like so palpable. Um, he was talking about like in interviews, like he got to do like a little bit of everything, like drama, comedy, action. Like, you know, it's like, it's very cool. Um, like in that scene when, like they're face down on the concrete and it's like they think Brooks is about to be executed. Um, that's like when he's pouring his heart out to Max and it's like <laughs> they're getting that like emotional core out of the way. But yet like, um, you know, he's still kind of a piece of shit for like letting all this happen. It's it's great. Right. No, I love it. I also I love the part where um, they go over to his place for the game night and then he like they're doing like charades or, or whatever. I can't remember what game they're playing, but like he kills it. Like he gets like seven, you know, guesses or whatever. And like, I love when like one of his things is like, um, oh, poor man's Johnny Depp. 
he was in whatever Spielberg. Like I love how like I love how fast they get everything. <laughs> Asshole dentist kills the lions. It's a lion. Yeah, it's like great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and oh my, I I think I may bring up <laughs> the scene at, at the very end of this episode, but like I just love when Max gets up there and and he has to, <laughs> he has to play. No one can get Ed Norton. <laughs> I love, I love when he's like primal fear and um, Richard Gere Gere wasn't the Hulk. Richard Gere wasn't the Hulk. He says it like so serious. Motherfucking Ed Norton! Oh, it's so good! Oh my gosh! (laughs) You have a whole room of people. Use us, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also, like, yeah, I, I think throughout the 2010s, though, um, uh, Kyle Chandler has always been very sturdy. And like reliable, um, is like the best way that, I, that I've always seen him. And like a, a pleasure when he's popping up in things, clearly. Like we've covered him in Argo, Wolf of Wall Street, and Carol. Uh, but I, you say that this may be his best performance of the decade. A lot of people would go to Manchester by the Sea, right? Playing, uh, Casey Affleck's estranged brother, but you know, the, I mean, two completely different roles, right? So, of course, uh, I think I just like I love a movie where you can tell that the actors are having a lot of fun, you know, right. like you, I, I love like that type of stuff where it's like, here's the here's Kyle Chandler, you know, he's always playing these like reliable, sturdy types like now he gets to play this kind of asshole and he's like loving it and you can it's just visceral like you know that he had a good time doing it. And I, I think it's just like so contagious too. like every time he he says something you're like he's having the time of his life right now (laughs) yeah and it lets him again he always has to play the very much like you know friday night lights coach like you know very straight lane and like great morals or whatever or like you know he either plays like a cop basically or like some Mm -hmm. you know moral superiority um and you know like wolf of wall street maybe not so much in uh fucking um carol uh i mean he's incredible in carol i do want to also amend i said his you know, like he doesn't have a. I, I might have insinuated that he doesn't have a great filmography in the 2010s. I want to retract that. Carol, Wolf, Wall Street, those are some pretty good fucking movies, and he's good in them. So I do want to uh, address that. But he does often. Also, play your beloved very, first man. Of course, of course, of course. Um, he plays. He's very much straight laced, and so uh, the idea of letting him play like a sh- like very much a real piece of shit, just like a real, just like oh man, you are such a douche. It's really fun, but he's not like he's not like a villain. Like he still cares about like you know he pours his heart out. He still cares about Max quite a bit. Uh, Maxi Pad, that's also a yeah, great <laughs> that's great. No, I I love that they don't vilify him and he's just like in over his head and he's like <laughs> he's on house arrest at the very end and he's like still paying off the the nefarious characters that right. like got him into this place. Like he never learns his lesson. It's <laughs> I sold it for three million dollars on the black market. I'm you know like. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, he's like, I'm not gonna live in this dump forever. Like, I gotta do something. <laughs> Jason Bateman is so gobsmacked too. He's like, um, unbelievable. <laughs> um, I think I think that's great too. Like, you know, these type of things, like they tend to have like a pretty like explicit lesson. You know, like I'll change my ways, like whatever. But like Kyle Chandler's like, ah, like you know, that was that was a harrowing experience. But I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> I'm a little better. Like I made sure those people wouldn't get killed, and he's like, I, I also sold. I sold it to them twenty thousand dollars a pop. That is such a great add-on. To yeah, if this some morality. if this has any like core arc, it's definitely like Max 
learning that he's a better person, not just like a better competitor, but like a person than Brooks will ever be. It's like he can realize like he can change and like like hold a sturdy relationship and and uh you know even if it's something as simple like that the movie is just like so good at even just like accomplishing this and then just like letting the actors just like deliver the material as they will be um and that's like it's a very smart choice on Goldstein and Daly's part I think um cuz like it doesn't have to be bogged down in like of the of the time uh sort of references and like that'll that'll make the yeah like you kind of it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier like that kind of that kind of notion like we expect that now where it's like oh gosh like do I need to be like up to up to like current um like trends or what have you or like pop culture references to understand what the movie is telling me right it doesn't feel it's one of those things like oh this isn't gonna be dated from like twenty years from now like it's right I mean a lot of the, there's a lot of like movie references in it but it's like stuff that's already been out for like thirty years or something. Yeah, I feel like the like most like of the time reference in there is like there's one part where in the beginning where they tell Ryan to like stop reading BuzzFeed articles. Oh, after he says that he was reading about the the rich people fight club fight or whatever. Club. And it's like, you know, BuzzFeed like as it was back then is like True. That's going to be the not one. The BuzzFeed yeah. of today. But I think like, you know, if you if you were, you know, online at all between like what, like twenty twelve and twenty eighteen, like you'll know what they're talking about, you know. Also, like, yeah, it, the it, name Buzzfeed doesn't sound reputable. No one's that's like, true, oh, and I also think it's even more laughable now because like Buzzfeed's like come under scrutiny and like you know like what what have you like you know like their journalism doesn't seem like a par what have you like with other sources, and it's like it kind of makes. uh it kind of makes Ryan look like this bigger fool because he's just like that's where he's getting the sources and yeah you know. right right yeah I think if there was like if there was kind of like BuzzFeed just doing those like viral videos and they kind of had their like journalistic heyday and then like you know there's been a decline and like now we're kind of like in the aftermath of that and it's like it is really funny to think about it now like yeah like here's this dumb guy getting all of his information from BuzzFeed articles probably listicles <laughs> right. <laughs> crazy things rich people do top 10 <laughs> yeah. um, it's really funny I, of course it's such a great callback when he turns out to be right yeah uh, yeah the real the zoom the zoom in on his face he's like whoa again another just incredible and like facial yeah expression. and like you get the zoom in on his face and then you cut to like right to danny houston he's like throwing two grown men like at each other it's just like it it, it feels like it's it should it feels like it should be a different movie but it's like it's just like cohesive so well um i also think this could be possibly bateman's best movie of the decade too the only thing that's really in competition for me is the gift uh which we've talked about recently bringing up joel edgerton's career on the gatsby episode but but he's you know it's it's it really these really are like like i just like we just mentioned with cal chandler like the two sides of Bateman yet like he's giving you the same thing in both projects yet they work well uh with with both films JD Bateman is such a like fascinating guy in the sense of like yeah. like I said earlier like he really does the same thing every time but like wh however he does it like they're able to like manipulate it exactly how they need to to get you know whatever they're trying to accomplish like you know it doesn't work every time but like it's it's a weirdly like multifaceted one note performance. 
if that makes sense. Because when no, he's so I, upset, I like it can, believe. yeah, like it can build to like, like the grumpiness can be applied to any situation, and I and like because so much of the comedy is very situational. Um, yeah, like his reactions are they just work so well, um, especially with Annie. Like, like you don't see him get like so frustrated with Annie. It's just more just like, oh, honey, come on, you're just like right there and. It's. Uh, I think their their banter is like very delicate, and like with someone who's who has like a worse temper than Bateman does, like that could have like been too much. Uh, but mm-hmm. no, it's just like it's like very very perfect. I love um, at the end, like when um, they are like trying to get away from like the bad guy or whatever, and they like do charades so that she knows to like turn on the belt on the thing or whatever. And he's like, that's some cute full circle bullshit. Like, <laughs> I think it's like, it's so fun because it's like, you know, here's a guy, he's just like a wife guy, you know, like he loves being in this relationship. He loves that like games are their thing and it helps them. Yeah, the games are the thing. And it's, and it's like, they're so clearly like the, the they're the same person. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, it, it's so clear, like their chemistry just like is excellent. Um, yes. Also, you know, Rachel McAdams, comedic actress, like, I feel like every couple of years we remember that she can do it, but, like, mm-hmm. this one was, like, oh, my God, like, she's so funny. Yeah, and it's, like, I think she wanted to, like, dip her toes more into drama or people wanted to pin her more into drama, just, like, do something else other than be Regina George. Um, but it's it was more just, like, since Mean Girls was, like, the most popular thing and, like, that sort of broke her out, I believe. And, um, no, here, I mean, it's it's a perfect performance. Every line reading kills. Like people always like quote, like, Oh no, he died. Or, Oh, it came out. Like it's, it's, it, it's amazing. Like she just understands the movie so, so well. And mm-hmm. um, like Annie could like be so much of like a, like a dumber character than like initially be- becomes, but um, she's very, very much like Max is equal. And it's like cool to see like the power dynamic is that well realized. <laughs> it is. I feel so bad that we haven't talked about Rachel McAdams yet uh, because she probably maybe gives the best performance of the film. Um, she is so fucking good at it. Also just in general, like one of the most underrated actresses, I think period. Cause I don't know. She's like, she's never feels like she's never mentioned with like Nicole, Kate Blanchett, um, like, you know, Rooney Mara, like the actresses of our time, but her filmography is fucking solid. I mean, spotlight is one of the best performances. Like it is the best performance in that movie actually. I think that was her only nomination too. And I think we, in that episode, we were like, she's definitely like lost or like other performances like overshadow her because like Ruffalo is doing like a, like a, so many choices, you know? So it's like, it kind of makes sense when you look at it that way. Right. But she definitely like holds her own with everybody. I think she's the best performance in that movie, kind of by far. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying every, there's a lot of great performance in that movie, but she does, she's just more, she's just more subtle. Um, and, and that's, I think that's just what they're, role requires um but in this film it's like maybe the best comedic performance of the 2010s for an actress i think i mean i don't know it's her i think it's the commitment thing i think that's all we what we've been mentioning like throughout um i mean her the moment she pulls that gun in the bar she goes fucking bananas her physicality is all over the place. She moves with the scene really well. She just connects to its energy like that. I mean, she is like fucking a gravitational pull for everything happening in that scene. She's like the fucking sun. 
the child pose thing, putting like just waving the gun around, putting it in its face. I, and, like, I love how like limp her wrist is, like when she's like waving the gun around, like it's, it's like, like nothing. nothing. I love when she tries to teach the bikers <laughs> yoga, where it's like, okay, guys, let's. <laughs> she's like, all right, this is child pose. Head down, hands up. <laughs> Immediately after quoting the Pulp Fiction thing, it's like well, <laughs> she's just all over the place. It's great. <laughs> so many actors here. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, again, to the point of, like, these are people who, like, immerse themselves in in pop culture and movies and TV, like, you know, and they're like, oh, isn't it so fun that we're, like, play acting this whole thing? Like, meanwhile, she's holding a real gun with real bullets, like, waving it around, like, you know, it's a toy. It's it's just so good. It's so funny. I mean, in the moment she realizes an actual gun, she drops it immediately. doesn't even think about picking it up. Um yeah, I, I she's so incredible. And like those close-ups with uh, like in the beginning of the film when they just meet each other and at the end of them just like staring at each other. She is so I mean, one, okay. It doesn't never hurts to have a close-up of Rachel McAdams, uh, one of the most gorgeous people to live on the planet. Um, uh, no no offense to Jason Bateman, but come on. Uh, <laughs> but she's also just I don't know, man. She she is just made for the screen. I know that's, again, that sounds kind of corny, but it's just like, she's just in instant presence, no matter what kind of scene or movie she's in. Um, I think she, like, love her. she just has, like, such a warm, like, expression, I think. Like, when when she's She's very bubbly, yeah. Yeah. And and that's what makes Spotlight, like, stand out, because it's like, the bubbliness is very dialed down, you know? But she's not jitsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned her 2010s, and it is really, really solid. Like, she works with Brian De Palma, Cameron Crowe, Terrence Malick. You know, it's like good directors, and they know how to use her. Um, and Tom Fuqua, you know, it's like. <laughs> I love how you put Cameron, you just slid Cameron Crowe in there. Yeah. And, like, you didn't mention say. what movie it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't for anyone else, you know. I got an <laughs> even playing field. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Guy Ritchie. Guy yeah. Ritchie, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we could just yeah. like obviously, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Mitchell, Roger Mitchell, yeah. It's like, uh, oh, we just came to like some stuff. really anonymous director. It's like Scott well, Derrickson. There's, another, there's a big director we're not going to talk about. Um, well, no, no, I know, I didn't. I know. I mean, I forgot about that. Yeah. I looked at it. I'm like, oh yeah, she's in that. <laughs> Scott Derrickson, obviously. Scott Derrickson, of course. Yeah, director. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Black Phone. It's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is disobedience any good? I've always seen like that's. I really like. like yeah, especially okay. yeah, especially Leo. She works with Leo, uh, and uh, I think it's wait. Oh, uh, that's the same year as this. Yeah, it's the Vice McAdams joint. Yeah, the two is. Rachels. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it should have been called Rachel Squares. <laughs> as my mom would say, it's a romance of two very close friends. <laughs> <laughs> very close yeah, very close very so close, close they fit in each other's mouths <laughs> yes they do <laughs> yeah uh, i I've, I've been meaning to i'm like i've always been on the precipice of watching red eye her thriller with killian murphy like i'm i'm gonna watch it at some point but it's always been like i know i'm gonna love that movie but for some reason is that the west craven right yes yes yeah and i just know i'm gonna love it um but yeah, no, yeah, I love her. Um, I, I'm dying for all the auteurs and all. Like, <laughs> I was listening back to our 
um what was it enough said episode of allison great episode by the way um and my whole my whole idea of like getting all the auteurs in hollywood together putting a gun on the table and said all right we're gonna figure out a way to cast um oh my god i just forgot his name who plays uh christopher in the serranos michael imperioli yeah michael imperioli we're gonna find a way it, Mike to get Michael Imperioli in your every in, in each of one of your movies because he's such a good actor and so and so giving that you're just like there's no reason why he shouldn't be in every movie that uh, of note like he's he can you, you can give him a five second role he'll nail it I feel the same with Rachel McAdams it's like we're gonna sit down and we're all gonna we're all gonna go around and we're all gonna decide what movie Rachel McAdams is gonna be in but we're not leaving this room like you know I I, I there's she's I imagine like you're gonna pass this thing for. You're gonna like pass a stuffed animal to like whoever's talking, and it's like whoever's holding it can only talk. Right, exactly. Within the group, it's like a big semicircle. Yeah. Right. Um, because I, I I just think it's I don't know. It just feels like it's such a slam dunk. And of course, I don't know how Hollywood works. I don't know like the process of getting actors casted or whatever. But when it's these auteurs, these people who have actual some sway, like whether it's a Nolan or Tarantino or you know obviously there's more. It's like you can find something. Well, maybe not Nolan or or actually. Well, I don't know about those two guys. Like, I don't know. If, uh, maybe not. Hey, if she's willing to pay play a dead wife, you know. Right, exactly. Sure. Of course. You know, <laughs> sure, he's got a you part. Ha- you do have to play a wife that is also dead. Uh, <laughs> or I guess, like you know, you made a quick reference to the enough set episode, and it's like maybe we get her with someone who's like who can get her like a really juicy like uh, lead role in like a like a low key romance dramedy like um if you guys saw private life that was i think one of my favorite movies from this year i'd love to see like if tamara jenkins ever makes another movie with like you know a two-hander with her and like somebody else you know like that'd be ryan gosling uh reunion incoming oh hey well (laughs) it's funny how it's like that's the romance movie everybody points to and it's like is it good i don't know is it like sort of our no (laughs) It has cultural prominence. Right, 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 right. It's it's weird with its footprint. Her next but, movie yeah. is "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret," and it's directed by someone who by the woman who wrote "The Edge of Seventeen, Even though I think she probably had a co-writer. No, she actually. Oh no, she wrote and directed that. I apologize. Um, which uh, "The Edge of Seventeen is a good movie, so this is this is good to hear. And she's going to be in with Kathy Bates and Benny Safdie, uh, the big three, as we know. Everyone's trio, we're all waited. That's Benny a Benny Safdie, Kathy Bates, yeah. and Rachel McAdams. We've all been dream blunt. That's a dream blunt rotation. Guaranteed banger. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, but I'm, yeah, I'm set, man. Any anything she wants to do, yeah, uh, give her all the roles in Hollywood. Uh, I appreciate that Raimi was like in the last Doctor Strange. Like, okay, what if you had maybe more of a character? But I'm yeah, still right like, here. Yeah, <laughs> like she has more to do, but not a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's not enough. It's not enough. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but it is kind of cool of him to be like, all right, what if you're in the most climactic scene of the movie? But it's also like you're just there to help Stephen go through an anxiety attack or whatever. Bailey, uh, how not, many times have great. you seen Doctor Strange? Like, just the bits of it. Wait, um, which, which one? <laughs> the the most recent one, Multiverse of Madness. I actually, so we still have it, um, and I don't think we're going to get rid of it till we have Thor, but at this point, anytime I have to be in that movie, like, I think I just, like, block it out. Mm-hmm. 
I like it's not till the end. I'm like, oh yeah, this is Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like white noise at this point. Yeah, I bet it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's I've seen it so many times, and like everyone would stay for the end scene, and I I've heard so many people groan at like, um, Bruce Campbell being like, that's it, that's the end. Even though I'm that's like, good, that's yeah, good. that's 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 good. But like, how can like, you mess that up? Nobody, that's what I'm saying. Like, but nobody like nobody knows about them being besties like nobody knows about the evil dead like mm. it's just a you know just a bunch of people watching marvel movies not it was so funny <laughs> I, wa- I think i watched that like thursday night opening day and the moment i knew that scene was coming up uh i i just knew the i knew i mean i i heard that the last post credit it was kind of not like plot related mm-hmm. um i just knew it was like a fun thing and so i'm like all right i'm gonna watch this but i also was very curious on the reactions of everyone because i heard it was very much like like the cool people were like yeah that's awesome but the lame people which was most of the people in the theater were like Ugh. um in my theater the moment that happened <laughs> or it was either that or when he actually popped up in the movie um this this guy i think he's like i don't know he seems like a teenager like a little, like maybe like a 17 year old but like you know does that thing in a lot of marvel movies you see like he just like kind of pokes his head over to like near his girlfriend's ear and is like so that's the guy so that's that's the dude who was in like a lot of same Raimi movies and did the whole nerd nerd like explanation and i always love that it's it's funny to me every time because it's always just like okay <laughs> like all right like fine <laughs> you're yeah, gonna right? be the stereotype that's fine but it's always funny to me it's just like it, it, just the moment it happened i knew like he just he was right next to me too he's like okay so that's so that guy he's in like all of it's almost like he had it prepared yeah exactly yeah and, he, it, it, and i've done i've been guilty of that too because people will legitimately ask me what's 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 up with that i don't understand it and all yeah like, i was gonna say like i've had to be oh, that nerd for like absolutely know, my coworkers. like i'm like they're like who even is that guy i'm like oh, i just don't understand but do you ever <laughs> feel like a sense of shame after like a sense of like oh why do i know this like you yeah, know it's one absolutely. of those things where what have i spent my life on i need to i need <laughs> like, to lose some of this information like how do i <laughs> right i think right, right. For me, like the worst part is that I know Bruce Campbell from Burn Notice before I knew him from Evil Dead. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Those are the two things. BMV natives who first understand Bruce or whoever who first experienced Bruce uh, Campbell through Burn Notice. Yes. That is, we are a Venn diagram. It's a circle. I can, I can step, I can step down now. Anytime. (laughs) Clearly, you found someone better. Uh, This is the, this is our audition. Actually, this audition. You've, you got the part of co-host now. I think. Me and Bailey are going to start a Jeffrey Donovan cast where we just talk about the great work of Jeffrey Donovan. Hell yes. Oh my God. Let's do it. Talk about Sicario, Sicario (laughs) Two. Oh dear. He's good in those movies. He is. I don't want to interrupt another the. Guy, uh, I'm gonna another with the you know conference room gun out tour my uh, my uh, plan is like basically just like all right guys John, Jeffrey Donovan each movie Fargo so. season two he was good in that too he's so good in that yes <laughs> great actor great actor and you know everyone's favorite character Michael Weston exactly uh, how did I pull that that's also Garrett Dillahunt is also the first time I experienced in Burn Notice. And like when I watched Looper, I'm like, oh, it's Simon from Burn Notice. Oh, I still have these names in my head. I haven't watched that show in a decade. And they still have the, the names in my head. 
I haven't rewatched it recently. I haven't been Googling it. It's just in there. (laughs) It's like bad basketball players who played for the Washington Wizards. They're just in there. I can't get them out. (laughs) Isaac Bonga. (laughs) And Simon from Burn Notice. Simon from Burn Notice. (laughs) One day, like, they're going to, like, circulate so much that they just end up in a dream. And it's like, uh, that's the weirdest vision ever. (laughs) <laughs> Isaac Bonga and fucking Burn Notice, Ish Smith and fucking uh, Jerome Robinson. I'm just naming Wizards players. Yeah, right. Now. right. Uh, yeah, just give me the episode. I, I, if people feel like they're having a stroke, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also really like the below the line people that have worked on this. Like it's the DP who shot a lot of Lord and Miller movies, uh, so it looks pretty good. And also Cliff Martinez writing the score is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like one of my favorite composers, you know, like we sang the praises for his work on the Spring Breakers episode and, you know, like uh, constantly working with Steven Soderbergh. Um, and this score is like a banger. Like it's so, it's like, why is, why is it sound like it's in a comedy? It's so, it's so good. Like, it, you know, it's so it's so funny, but yet, like, it's par- the parts like that, like, you hesitate to even comment it, like, call it a full comedy, right? So it's, like, super interesting. I, I, I'm try- I, I was trying to figure out, wasn't, wasn't this movie produced by Lord and Miller? Or am I making that up? I didn't see I that, but that. maybe I just didn't. I don't think I, I can go see. Yeah, yeah, I made it up. Yeah, you did make it up. Liar. Yeah. I'm a liar. But something that <laughs> I did forget to mention earlier is that Bateman was initially going to direct um but then once like gold uh goldstein and daly were brought on to like work on the script um and then then they expressed interest in directing that's when jason bateman was like okay you guys can can have this one and that's interesting to me because it's like i thought bateman got interested in directing uh ozark and i don't think he's made any movies yet or maybe like soon will be after ozark is done oh it was before no, he he direct like he's he directed bad words before. Ozark. I was gonna say oh. I thought he directed. Oh really? Bad oh, that words. was him. Oh, interesting. Okay. He even directed huh. an episode of Arrested Development. Huh. Um, he also directed two episodes of The Outsider. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, we watched that. Yeah. Is that the one with um, Ben, ben Mendelsohn? Okay. Yeah, Mendelsohn. You get all <laughs> the Mendelsohn you want mm-hmm. and more. Yeah, you do. I'm yeah. saying that in the most, <laughs> the, the, basically the, the sexiest way I can because okay. boy, I, I, Ben. Honestly, I get it. Also, Karn Kusama okay. directed an episode that was really good. Let's focus on what's important here. So. I mean, that face, that those pouty lips. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, now this is getting all right. I, I might have. To <laughs> yeah, all right. I was gonna say like, okay, let's go down. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> Um, do you prefer Mendelssohn with or without the Australian accent? Because it's like he's he, he's used the American accent like so often now, where it's like almost jarring to to hear him like Australian again. It's like Holland with the Irish accent. Like, wow, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you do sound like that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you do yeah. get used to it. Um, I think my first experience with Mendelssohn, and we'll talk about this at some point, killing them softly, where he plays a huge piece of shit, where he and it's a complete American accent. Um, but I've always, I'm, I'm a fan of the whole catalog. Um, 
I'll take any kind of Mendelssohn I can get. Yeah, I watching the outsider, I was like, is Ben Mendelssohn kind of hot? Like right. <laughs> what's Thank going you. on here? <laughs> Again, we're just simpatico here. You know, this is great. We get each Again. other play. <laughs> Because I, I think I said that, like, to someone once, and they're like, Ben Mendelsohn. I'm like, you shut the fuck up, okay? All right? Don't. I think ben, he's hot. You know it. Everyone knows yeah. it. No one wants to admit it. No one has the bravery to admit that he's hot, but he's hot. God no, damn. He's, he's, he's got a little something-something going on. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just all, it, maybe it's the swagger, all right? Maybe it's the swagger, but I don't know. It's I, th- like, I think it is, but you know. there's, there's Hey, that counts. There. If it does. <laughs> Do you guys think there are any more 2018 comedies that are up to this and Blocker standards? Because I was trying to think about no. it. The other, okay. No. Moving on. Uh, oh. <laughs> Endo. Endo. Yeah. No. no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I do love Blockers, though. That yeah. was another surprise one where I was like, oh, I don't yeah, know if those will be any good. <laughs> it is interesting. Like, Oh, eighth grade. It, eighth grade. Oh, eighth grade. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've covered eighth grade. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I. I um, I just like a fun eighth grade anecdote. I had a, a professor in college. Um, I was taking like a Jewish history class. And one day he comes in and he was like, last night I watched this movie called eighth grade with my daughter who's like in eighth grade. And he's like, and it made me like, so, so sad. Like I was like, I'm the, the dad who tries too hard. And I thought maybe she didn't like me. And he Aww. was like, when I sent her off to school this morning, I gave her a big hug. And I was like, I know that's lame, but I really love you. <laughs> we were all like, you're so nice. <laughs> was your teacher Josh Hamilton? <laughs> no, but he was on an episode of, um, you know, the, the the show where the actors like find their like family history or whatever. Um, oh, Lu- with Harry Lew- or Henry Louis Gossip Jr.? No, uh, with, no with Henry Louis Gates. Oh, Louis Gates. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. He, yeah, he did an episode with Gwyneth Paltrow, which he also was very excited to tell us and had queued up. <laughs> Wait, is he related us. to? Is he related to? No, the, no he's no, he's like a historian. Um, oh, so of course, like, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm stupid. Yeah, so uh, he um, was telling her about her her Jewish history. <laughs> Henry Louis Gates. I'm so sorry, I got that fucked up. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, it was because, funny enough, it was because in the I, I, in my U.S. history class, uh, my teacher pulled up a video of um, Henry Louis Gates, like explaining like the origins of hip hop and the political ramifications, blah blah. And then like ten minutes before that, we were talking about Henry uh, uh, Gossip Jr. And so I think I just got the like this just happened like two weeks ago. So I think I got the that must have been dry. <laughs> I see where you are. Um, thank you. Uh, boy. Um, also, wait. Would you call, count Paddington Two as like a comedy? Because that also came out in twenty. Uh, yeah, I guess I would. Uh, you know, I guess I was more thinking along the lines of yeah, the studio comedy. Sure, sure. Yeah, American. I don't. I don't think we are counting British comedies. That's why would we ever? Uh, no. Um, but um, support the girls. Support the girl. Oh, I, yeah, that's a great pick though. Um, I like that you're going through movies we covered. That's yeah. I should. I wasn't on purpose. Oh well. <laughs> um, uh, also, the the bit of Max going to steal the the information from uh, Gary's computer and then getting the blood on on Olivia on everything. In case we don't bring it up, in favorite scene. Uh, 
just wonderful. And of course, like I, I love, um, you know, Bateman and such dry wit speaking of Olivia, the puppy, as if it were like a, a like a, like a co-star in the friend group <laughs> is really, really good where it's just like, Oh yeah, well, you know, it came in and did the job and then we left. <laughs> this is a dog you're working with. It's like taking with the same kind of cadence as if, um, it was a co-star, but it's, it's like, uh, like the fact that he just walks away and the scene just ends with him like fuck this. <laughs> it's just like a mess that has like gotten so big. <laughs> it's just like is beyond help. And um no, I just I just think it's it's really well staged because like something like that could have been like too broad. Um, you know. And then you like you cut back to the game and then I think it's uh I think it's Michelle who's like Tell us about your wife. It's just like and there's well, this dramatic yeah. pause, and he's like, yeah. "What did you say?" And you think he's like gonna freak out. Like, I do. I love that Jesse Plemons like plays it like, is he lonely or is he a serial killer? You know? Right. <laughs> there's like, a he moment just, he just tells oh, that on, line. Right. There's a moment when. Um, Brooks comes into the driveway with the uh, with the Plymouth or whatever the fuck it's called. Not Plymouth, right? No, I don't know. Um, and like it's like you know the speakers are going off and uh, fucking Jason Bateman's like Jesus Christ, it's Brooks. And you know you go outside and he's just yelling across and he's like, quiet it down, quiet it down. He first looks at you know Gary's front door and no one's there and he. Like looks back and then like he's in focus and the door's out of focus and he looks back again and he, Gary's just right there. It's so funny. He's like Michael fucking Myers. Like it, it's just it's a total. It's using the lang like the, you know the visual language of horror movies and using it for comedy in a in a way that's really fucking funny. And he does and they do the kind of same thing earlier when uh, there's this jump scare of uh, Brooks having the knife like just coming out of coming out of the kitchen. <laughs> Knife first. It's like Jesus fucking Christ! I'm like, yeah, it's to cut the cut the cheese. It's, like, it's a very <laughs> aggressive way to walk with a knife. Oh my god! And and even when it's the aggressive way of walking with a knife for the cheese platter, of course, like every like the script is just very intelligent. Um, that like once you have the uh, oh I don't know um, the the company that put together the 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 game night um, you you have Brooks fighting off the real like. Uh, the the real criminals, and then like you cut back to everybody, and, and Bateman's like, "You guys gotta get some of this cheese, like put this on the speech, <laughs> like the Quincy, like while <laughs> it's, well, it's hot, yeah, it's <laughs> oh yeah, they're back, all of those yeah, bits where they're questioning whether it's real or not, I'm like yeah. oh that's fake, or like oh okay, um, and of course like Max, like as they're going out the door, like okay, drive safe, and it's like just the delivery is oh it's perfect, it's perfect, oh my it's god, so um. Oh, there was another bit in that in that scene where it's with the table. Yeah, yes. like, yes. glass tables wanna... are weird tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the glass tables don't break. Yeah. <laughs> it's so that line is it's red. Per, it may be the most well read line yeah. of a movie that has insanely well read lines. Lamorne Morris, like, that that would be something he would say, in New Girl too, where it's like that. It's like so well delivered. Yeah, like, exactly. And he also anthem. What's it? What's it called when you like personify an object? Anthem anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize. 
Thank you. I can't speak words. Um, <laughs> he does that when he, uh, like, just the way he says lines, like, man, glass tables are acting weird tonight. It's like they're, it, he puts an action on the glass tables, like they're doing this independently. That just makes it funny. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just, and they are. It's, it, and it's, and, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's like, it has the same exact sound effect too when it happens. Like, it's very much like it's all connected to the last one. And it feels, everything just works it's all it's all just like blends in together and it just it's all it's firing on all cylinders and i know that again that's like a very broad thing to say but it's true it's just like everything Everything is working at its highest uh capability yeah and i and i do wonder like if we got so many studio comedies of this of this kind and of of the strength like every year this wouldn't i I mean of, of course like i think it would be as well celebrated but i just like this really does stand out in the 2010 studio comedies uh, because we just don't, because they're, they're, um, uh, they're, they're going extinct. Um, like we discussed. And it's just like, it, this is like one of the last kind that we see. And of course, like, you know, I think we still see a few, but it's like, there's um, so much like, um, uh, uh, there's an overload with the content on streaming where it's like, you, you would talk about it for a few weeks and then like it'll disappear in the consciousness. Uh, whereas though, I think this one really held on strong with like it's cultural footprint throughout 2018. Yeah, definitely. I think this one also too, like it, it distinguishes itself, you know, it's like, it's a studio comedy, but like it has these like unique flavors. It has this great like cast, you know, like it has these distinct like visual style where like, everything that comes out on Netflix, like, I feel is, like, very, like, homogenized, like, you know, even if they're having, like, these different directors or writers or whatever, like, you know, you still feel like it comes under, like, the Netflix house style, and then, like, you know, you're talking about it for, like, a week or two, like, you know, there are the obvious memes, and then that's it, you know? Absolutely. Because they don't make any choices. Those, like, movies don't have actual, any creative instinctive choices being made it's not they don't have the game the cars being game pieces they don't have the editing choice of flipping that knob around flipping the camera around as the knob is flipping it's like there's none of that those details and that commitment in the in that eye for filmmaking that and i'm not trying to like fucking like shit on all of the netflix filmmakers yeah. I, I don't even think a lot of it is their fault they just have to work within the parameters i mean it's you know you could say the same for a lot of mcu directors as well it's just like they have a mold to fit sometimes they break out of that mold and sometimes they don't um yeah most times they don't um but yeah so it, it, it it's very much again it's like a like i think everyone could could probably agree it was a breath of fresh air whether you maybe you maybe you didn't love it but you were like oh this is like a movie <laughs> like this was made uh yeah. it's had like ideas behind it yeah for yeah, sure it's not just like like a meme, a meme factory, factory. Mm-hmm. right <laughs> i do want i do wonder like I, I mean i've wondered this with almost everything we've covered but like if this came out right now like what would be the difference i mean clearly like what what we discussed like what the box office and and um just like Black Panther being such a cultural phenomenon. Like, I do wonder, like, if this were put into, like, a July release coming out next month. Like, it's, I don't know if that does anything help. Because, like, it's the same movie, right? It's just, like... Having, you know, my professional movie theater uh, employee opinion. You're the expert here. 
Exactly. This is, why, um, this is why we brought you. This is, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think, like, I definitely have noticed that, like, there are certain things that kind of have, you know, and this has been true, you know, of, since, you know, movie theaters became a thing, but there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of runoff. Like, you know, if, if there's, like, a Top Gun showing that's, like, too full, people want to, especially now, like, after the pandemic, like, people don't tend to want to sit, like, next to each other sometimes like if they see it's too full they're like uh maybe next time you know um so there's a lot of runoff like well we've had dr strange showings like what like two months after the release where it's like um you know they're almost sold out theaters because you know people just don't want to be in you know whatever top gun or or jurassic world um you know, so I think like this might be one of those things where it's like, oh, like everything else is full. Like, let's go see this random movie, you know, and then like you kind of get that word of mouth, um, you know, generating hype more so than it, it may have before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I guess yeah. I think that there is like this air of like you need to let me. Yeah, it's like what we said before, like we need to be convinced in order for uh, for comedies to play well. Or play better than what they had maybe in the earlier half of the decade, I think. Um, I, yeah, because like it's tough to com- compare like what the former and latter half of the decade's comedies will look like because like they sort of take on this this new shape of like the ones that will last versus the ones that just feel like very 2012 or something, you know. So. Oh, before we get to favorite scene, sure. I just want to. Uh, unless anyone has any thoughts, I just want to re- read, like, go, like, do a speed round of the lines I thought were really funny. Okay. Are these ones that you've uh, mentioned yeah. before, or are these others? No, these are all new ones. Okay, cool. Yeah. Any, uh, any, any final thoughts for game night before we get into favorite scene? <sighs> Great film. I, I really, I really stick to what I said before. Like, I think this will be another one of those that I, I'll like return to a lot, like in the future. And, and like, I, I just don't know how many other comedies of the 2010s like as much as there are a few like that we named before that i love but it's like the like, yeah like we keep on defining it like of the mid-budget studio comedy like how many of those can i really think will be timeless and i think this is one of them right right yeah, no, I I agree. Agree. well now because he's, <laughs> well, messing, with now, he's balls. messing with your balls it was most likely an unintentional oversight no i've seen his dick it's pretty great you are so smart and unfaithful what did the racist say when you can't can't find the bullet honey i think you sewed my arm to my sleeve Oh no, Gary. Can't say that I care for that nomenclature. I've duped you all. He did that in Taken 3, huh? Boy, that's a slow belt. Uh, not with that, it asks you don't. Is that a knife in your bullet hole? I assume everyone cried watching The Green Mile. <laughs> oh, also, a special shout out to the end credit scene where they're going over his little plan. And uh, the, the bulletin board says, uh, plan for my reinstitution into game night by Officer Gary Kingsbury. <laughs> the, one of the very few unbelievable things about that movie is that they would will actually allow him to be in the friend group. <laughs> I guess they kind of have to now. Well, I guess <laughs> yeah, because he'll, he'll he's a psychopath, but like it's because <laughs> I I forgot that like they actually beat the shit out of Kyle Chandler. And actually kidnap him. And Kyle Chandler is not in on it. I kind of just forgot how, like, it's an actual full-on assault and kidnapping. It's not like, like, yes, they do blanks or whatever, but it's like, that's still, like, an assault charge. No, he he fully has felons beat up Kyle Chandler. It's so funny. 
then again, you know, Kyle Chandler, it's like, I mean, yeah. not, Kyle, sorry, no, Kyle Chandler should be protected. I mean, Brooks, the character. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, I also yeah. love the moment when uh, it was right after Annie shoots Max and, uh, and she's like, what if we get you to a mob doctor? And he's like, what is that? Like a doctor that works for the veterinarians? And it's like, yeah, she's like, she's like, people? oh, do we need a mob doctor? He's like, do you know any? She's like, no. And she's like, what about a, a vet that works for the mob? It's Again, like it's better call Saul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, what's the oh, obsession with the mob? <laughs> but then again, it's like one of those things where you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like that that's your first thought because they're like their whole thing, it's like, oh, we can't go to the hospital. They'll, you know, they'll um they'll call the police because it's a gunshot wound. It's like you only know that because you watch television. And I love how they're committed to that bit. Like no one just knows that. Everyone the only people who know that are people who are like actually like watch you know, like watch TV. No there's no like innate knowledge of that information unless you've been shot. Um and I just love how that translates into the next joke. Um, but yeah, great movie. Okay. Bailey, do you have a favorite scene of Gate Night? Um, when Billy Magnuson and Sharon Horgan go to uh, the murder mystery company to bribe them, and he's sliding those 10, that 10, that 5, those $2 bills across the table. It's just perfect. (laughs) It's also shot really well. Like the scene, like the lighting of like when, like, um, Chelsea Freddy turns around with like her looking dead. Yeah, just the lighting on that looks like a dead corpse. Like yes. she looks very cold, and they, it's really again, they know how to make a movie. Yeah, it, it's very, it's very surprising, especially with how bad Vacation was received. That they're literally their their next movie is like instant comedic classic. Exactly, like, it's, it's very interesting. But no, that's and she's also. Are you a Brooklyn Nine Nine head? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah she's she's incredible. great. I and I love like when they're like, like you went to a, your, your party had a pregnant corpse. Like, isn't that kind of dark? And she's like, no, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I, I think I think she, she uh, one of them says you looked really dead. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. You do my own makeup. And like yeah. that's something totally like Gina would say. Yes, it absolutely. Would be like, oh, thank you. Like taking the like taking a compliment out of nowhere. Hmm. And I, I also love that scene too. I just love the framing of when he's like sliding the money across the table because it's like when the the bills like start out like out of the frame and then they just kind of like wiggle in. They just enter in very <laughs> <Yeah>. slowly, <laughs> and you slowly and it's slowly revealed to be a one. Like you can't necessarily see at the beginning because I think it's like it's shot like just focusing on his face rather than like a, a top down where you mm-hmm. can't see like what kind of bill it is. And then the moment it reveals like it's a one or a five, it's just, it's so funny. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> oh, great scene. Great scene. Just change your mind. No. What about this? Hmm. Drive hard bargain. Okay. Take it up a notch.
I was hoping that wasn't gonna dig this deep, but okay. Final offer. You know what? It doesn't matter how slowly you slide it over. Okay, it's seventeen dollars. How much do you want? Uh, I don't know. Probably a hundred. Give her a hundred. Yeah. How much have you got? Seventeen dollars. Seventeen dollars. You bought seventeen dollars out. Nice. Mm. Thank you. Cool. Oh, you're just gonna keep it. I got you. Mr. Draper. <laughs> I feel like I'm being called down to the principal's office. Um, <laughs> Mr. Draper. Uh, this was really hard. This was like freakishly hard. Because uh, it's like, I feel like we've covered the movie pretty well, just like each really part have. that happens. Uh, congrats to us, honestly. Um, so it's like, usually I try to use favorite scene to like mention something that we forgot to talk about or something that's not as showy, but it's like they're all equally as important. The first one that came to mind that's like, the obvious slam dunk is like the uh, uh, Max's surgery is just a, a it's it's so perfect it's it's like everything that you want in someone who has seen so many movies of like um, quick uh, surgery uh, like criminal uh, you know, like crime movies um, but yet it's like someone with like a lot of confidence like Annie but yet like. <laughs> keeps messing up and like their banter is great and um but another another like choice for me was like in, in case anybody talked this was um uh max trent failing at, at that at the charades game or what have you or like the charades x right. game with ed norton like, we saw him uh, at the airport we were wondering why he wasn't in first class at the sabaro <laughs> and he's like who I'd be incredible as well. Like we met like a very famous actor and I gave you a thousand details and you still can't remember that. I would be heated. Motherfucking Ed Norton. It's just the delivery. I love that delivery too. Motherfucking Ed Norton. Thank you. Hey. Oh, thank God. Listen, Annie, it's all real. Brooks is caught up in something and... Okay, where are you guys? We're all at Brooks's. We need to talk to the cops. No, 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 no. Do not talk to the cops. What? Why? What's going on? Are you guys okay? Yeah, yeah. We're fine. We're fine. I shot Max, but he's fine. What? Look, we will meet you back at our house. Whatever you do, do not tell the cops anything. Brooks's life depends on it. Hey. Hey. Okay. Yeah. I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh... Pocket knife, tweezers, good, sewing good, good. kit. All right, wow, you did great. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't have rubbing alcohol, and they don't sell hard liquor, so I got you this lovely shard. Good idea, way to pivot, yep, good, good. What else did you get, huh? More good stuff? What is helpful in country living? Oh, that's for later. There's a corn chowder recipe, looks really good. Huh. You love Sweet. corn chowder, huh? Yeah. Let's hear Thank you. you. Okay, and then a squeaky toy. Huh. For your mouth. For the pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully I won't need this. Okay. Let's right. see this bad boy. Yep. Careful. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. Let, let's, no look, we're going to push past no it. Problems. We're going to get the bullet out. And yep. honey, can you return the text later? This is instructions on how to remove a bullet. Oh. Sorry. It's an alt-right militia website, so I'm just going to ignore the racist stuff. Good. Yeah. Good, good. Okay. Step one. Sterile yep. gloves. Check. 
We're doing the best we can, right? Okay, we're, yeah, we're, we're getting right. by. <laughs> Step two, um, okay, disinfect wound. Right, yeah, that's gonna sting, isn't it? Yeah, a, a little bit, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Oh. That's smart, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, gonna administer anesthetic. Uh, we're gonna have that. Gonna skip that one. Okay. Step four: apply pressure above the wound. Here, you squeeze that there. Oh Great. God. Thank you. We're just gonna make two tiny incisions oh God. on either side of the wound. Easy peasy. Huh? This is fun, huh? Well, are you having fun? No. Let's get the bullet. Okay. Let's get in go. there and get it. Nice and small. Nice and small, yeah, baby. Yeah, tiny, what teeny. Bruce, that's not small. That's really big. Too big? Way too big, baby. It's a bullet, not a grapefruit. Sorry, this is my first time. I don't know. Oh, there's so much blood. <laughs> no, no. Don't you start doing that. No, you're going to make. <laughs> Stop it. You and you're making me well, don't look at me. I won't look at it. Push through. Okay, Let's go. Right, okay, Let's go. No more go. cutting. Shit. Just get the tweezers and get the shit, bullet out, baby. Shit, shit, shit. Um, mm, what? What happened? My phone went to sleep. Okay, you gotta set it so that thing stays on. No, my phone doesn't do that. Sure it does. The same phone as mine. Just change it. Just gonna touch it with my nose every 30 seconds. It's fine. Don't be afraid of your phone. Get in there, go into the settings, go to display, and change the timing so that it doesn't revert to sleep mode. Revert? Yeah. What are you, Steve Jobs? I'm no, not No, I'm, I'm just not, not afraid of my phone, anything. honey. No. Just, it's so fucking simple. Shh, quiet. I know what I'm doing, okay? Do you? Yes. There she goes. Here we go. You're like a dolphin. All right. This part's gonna hurt. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it. Okay, let's do this. Okay. Ooh. Oh, wait. What is that? You hear that? What's that sound? What's that sound? Is that the bullet? <gasps> That's bone. What? That's not right. Okay, um, what do the races say if you can't find the bullet? <sighs> yeah, that's bone. You got the bone. I'm looking at my bone. <gasps> Look right here. Max, did you get shot twice? That's the exit wound. Oh, it came out. Yep, nothing to remove. The bullet has exited the arm. Well, let's just sew that sucker up, huh? Yeah. No, no. Honey, don't, <laughs> don't look at her. Stop it. <laughs> now the Bulgarians got- I'll go the gun scene where like she's waving the gun around in the bar, dancing. Um, child post thing kills me. Uh, the way uh, Bateman, like she, <laughs> she hands the golf gun off to him, and he's like holding it in such a way that makes no sense. Like, like he's just like holding it like this. Like, oh, I'm gonna shoot you. Like, you know, like don't do anything, or I'm gonna have to use this. Like, he's hold, he's not holding it by the handle. He's like holding it by like the front of the trigger, or like holding it like side. It, 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 I can't describe it, well, but it's like he's very much in nowhere near the position of to actually shoot the gun. He's basically just holding it and kind of pointing it at people. But it's also, um, like, in a way where, like, if, like, a finger moves the wrong way, like, it seems like he might be able to shoot them accidentally. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it's so amateurish. Like, this guy is no threat. And these are, like, hard-ass people. Like, these are two, like, two felons and one, like, bar, uh, you know, uh, dive bar owner that has, like, 20 tattoos. She's golden, she lives for me. Sing it to the mic. Jesus. No. Jesus. She goes down and she goes down. Yeah. You, Tess, you got something to say? No. Come on, baby. Keep on smiling. What we go through won't stop 
Bingo, bingo, I got him, baby. Let's do this. Okay. Hey, hey, Brooke, guess who it is? <laughs> Ready? Hello! Oh, Look at that shit. face, that you is did not priceless. expect us this early, did you, huh? I've got to capture this moment, honey. Get in there. Okay. We'll take a quick little selfie here and send it off to the losers. One, two, three. Ah, perfect. Oh, speak of the devil. There's Ryan now, probably calling, begging for help. Ignore. Look, this is out of game, Max. Jesus, guys, it's a wrap in here, okay? Show's over. Listen, I'm not a venture capitalist. I'm a smuggler. A smuggler? I made a mistake. I, I, I sold the Bulgarian's egg to a different guy, and I have to get it back to him, or he's going to kill me. The Bulgarian's egg? Wasn't that the third Harry Potter book? Come Wait, on. I'm confused. So this isn't the end of this whole thing? No, it is the end, okay? You said whoever catches you gets the car. We found you. We get the car. Game over. No, I'm telling you, this is all real. The shitty actors are real? Come on. How about that ridiculous fight? Was that real? Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Annie. Oh, oh, no. No, oh no, no, no. no. Ben, oh, ben. Ben. What? Oh my god, I shot you! You fucking shot me! You got me loose, but I'll get shot! Come oh, on, I'm tired! Get me out of here! God. Oh. Help! Help! Oh my god! Go, 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 But I, a fun fact, that's uh, John Francis Daly's dad. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Francis Daly in this movie at some point? Yeah, yeah he, he is. He was the person keeping score at the very opening at the bar trivia. Like, um, Reminder, yeah. let me finish and yeah, asking yeah, the questions yeah. before I answer. Like, so, so cool to see, like, um, little Sam Weir from Freaks and Geeks, like, have this, like... Uh, writing, directing, career, and like producing, like it's you know. Uh, oh, is he from Ge uh, Freaks? Yeah, he plays. Um, uh, oh my gosh, um, this is. Oh my god, who's the lead? Uh, Linda Carlini's um, brother. Yeah. See, uh, I also know John Francis Daly from Bones before I know him from Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> yeah. I was never. Bones I love how much we're Richard learning about you. That it's like your sweet spot. Your sweet spot is like burn notice bones. Like, yes. you're such a TNT head or what have you. Yes, yes. USA, USA, USA. Yeah, USA. Yes. That's right. Get it. right. <laughs> bones was TNT. No, bones uh, is Fox. Was... Well, yeah. I mean, but it, it the syndication was on TNT usually. I, I well, then... I got into it via DVD, and then I caught up on Fox. So, oh, ground yeah. up. You're yeah. you're hardcore. Exactly. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite scene is that. I mean, she like starts like pointing the gun uh, at the dude's face. I'm like, Jesus Christ! And like, and she, it's so. And there's that one point when like they do a selfie with uh, Brooks, and he's tied up. Like he, he has his. Um, I love Kyle Chandler in that uh, in that scene where he's like has his mouth completely duct taped, and he's just like squirming around like it's nobody's business. And you can tell what he's saying, 
like even though, like just for, like not verbally but just like facially like you can tell that he, what he's trying to say like and it's so it's so funny and when they take the photo she puts the gun in her mouth like, yes ah, and it's yeah like, oh my god you're like that's real <laughs> stop right. Oh, it's so it's so funny. I, I love their yeah. I love their reaction too when Annie tells Mich- Michelle that she shot uh, Max because it's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. I shot Max. Yeah. I really I appreciate that we all chose things that weren't the how's that profitable for Frito Lay scene. Like it's it's you know it's done by this. It's point. it's done. It's done. We you know, but like you know, obviously that's great. But there's so many parts of the movie that are so great that I feel like you know it's the gimme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, um, great film. Uh, timeless. What's what's there more to say than what we've already said? Bailey Hardy, thank you so so much for being here. Please come back to us. Thank you for so having me. Fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you'd like to plug or promote anything you you've been working on or is out right now, please do so. Um, I don't have anything right now, so I'm just gonna say listen to uh, episodes of Disney through the 2010s. You know, you guys are great. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you want to just plug your Twitter? Maybe? Yeah, a, pl- a plug. Yeah, on this show. that's sure. That's so kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I spend way too much time on there. Uh, it's at Same. Ben underscore her day h-e-r-d-e <laughs> uh i'm on twitter at jack h reaper and have writing on film at the boston hassle uh this movie is not streaming anywhere i got it from my library dvd uh very cool and hip of me um it's it's like really surprising this isn't streaming though you would assume like it- the netflix you would assume like netflix would bump this they did have like it on, on HBO Max for a while. That is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. you would, yeah, okay. But um, next time, it's Now You See Me movies uh, with Peyton Robinson coming back. Um, uh, and Clay and I are going to be learning some magic for that. And then we can perform them elsewhere where you can see the magic. Uh, We're also going to figure out what the hell is up with Peyton and Jesse Eisenberg. We're going to yeah. figure this out. Yeah. That's your thing. yeah. That's your question that you keep coming back to. But I think because he's a good actor. She suggested. I, I, I yeah. hey, I like <laughs> the man. I'm the one person on this planet who defends his performance in Batman v Superman. I didn't think you There's should no say that. I said he's a good. I try to keep no it vague, but you chose to be specific. There's no one. There's literally not a single other person on this planet who agrees with me on this, and I'm fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> he's good in that. Movie. I've accepted um, this. I have. Uh, but she suggested the double. Now you see me one and two. Art of uh, self defense. Art of self defense, and yeah. like three out of five of the movies she suggested. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> seems like you want to talk about Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's like we've talked it, about Night Moves in the Social Network, but it's like we haven't done that much. Where, <laughs> wow, you and really Night and Night Moves we had on her co-host for that, and we also talked about Jesse Eisenberg in that episode. So what's the connection here, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm ha- I have my uh, built like my uh, bulletin board, all the threads and pins. All right, I'm, I'm trying to figure. What's going this out. on? Gonna to the, we're gonna get to the bottom of it, I swear. <laughs> next week, you can all find me at uh, Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterbox. You follow me at Mr. Clay Williams on Instagram. You can follow the podcast we're account at ETT Pod. Send us an email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. 
Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on five stars on any pad, podcast platform you listen us on to. I will learn how to talk. I, I, I promise. Um, yeah, be good to yourself. Stay safe. Uh, donate to a, any abortion fund if you can. Um, and as always, we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010. Mm-hmm.